Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. I'm Kevin. And I am Danny Ozone. So, dude. So, dude. So, it, it's been a while since we got on this horse. I will admit that. Um, I Do I want to blame Daniel? Absolutely. Am I a bigger man than blaming Daniel for that? No. It's your it's your fault. Listen, I want to be on that save room horse yeah. getting saddle sores from how hard we're riding that Does bitch. it have to be a, a horse? <laughs> I know how much you love horses, so yes. I really don't like horses, actually, mm. which is the funny... Oh, I see what you... You're being, <laughs> it's a callback. You're, you're being facetious. <laughs> Fuck. Gotcha. Okay, so it's been a little while. Yeah. Uh, I want to apologize mm-hmm. for that for our like four and a half avid uh, listeners. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all four and a half of you. Well... Half of you just kind of means like we're kind of on the fence about what you got going on. Yeah. That's it. You might be too anti-fa for us, you know? Course correct. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to start out that there's a lot of things that occurred in the last like month that we didn't like inform the world of what's going on because mm-hmm. otherwise people don't have an outlet sure. for uh, gaming information. Yeah. Uh, for one, I'm very sad about the uh, death of Battleborn. Battleborn is, <laughs> is just dead. Like it, those it, were baby shoes never worn. <laughs> it it had a good. Okay, let me let me backpedal. It had a run. I'm gonna say it had a good run. Okay, it had a run. It had a it had a try. <laughs> it gave it the old try. And I remember back before it even launched, it, it might have been like a year or two where uh, Randy Pitchford was basically like boosting it up to be this thing that was going to be huge like an esports phenomenon that 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 legendary tweet that i want to get tattooed on my lower back <laughs> um what, what i can't even fucking like what did he say you're gonna look it up you're gonna look it up it was like battleborn competitive esports right he was like defining new genres <laughs> it was like an it was prose i had never heard battle before. battleborn we're so we're introducing this new element to the show, which is uh, us looking at our phones. Yeah, which we do quite air. frequently, but we don't acknowledge it. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, uh, Battleborn tweet. I hope to God that it goes straight to the right tweet. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's, yes. It's gold. You guys have heard it a thousand Google's times. Go- Here we go. Here we go. This is from uh, uh, Randy Pitchford, uh, or as Daniel enunciates, Pitchford. Uh, Battleborn is. FPS, hobby grade co-op campaign, genre blended, multi-mode, competitive esports, meta growth, (laughs) choice plus epic, Battleborn Heroes. (laughs) It's like some weird Beach Street spoken word poetry I've never heard before. I love it. It's great. So much. I'm actually going to retweet it right now. Just never, never forget. Is this so meta right now? Never forget. So I actually, I'm sad to see it go, um, for one. I really wanted to get into it at some point. When was it ever here? I had, well, so <laughs> the question. Back in, in May of 2016, that fateful month where uh, Overwatch hit the streets, I was playing with a lot of like people that I, you know. Where were you when <laughs> Overwatch hit the scene? Um, I was in my Ovita bedroom, taken to it like nothing I'd ever taken to. But there were these dudes I was playing with who they would alternate between that and Battleborn, and they swore by Battleborn. They said like the narrative was so good, there's so much character lore. You just had to play the game. You had to keep like doing the missions and campaigns and like unlocking new characters, and and that's when it really came together. Apparently, this is where like mundane phrases like "Hey, this game is good" mm-hmm. is still like over exaggeration in my mind. Yeah, it's still hyperbole. <laughs> Because the game was uneven as fuck. Yeah. We talked about it before. We played the beta. We played the beta. I wasn't too impressed. But on the same flip of the coin, I wasn't too impressed with the Overwatch 
uh, beta either. I was like, this is kind of goofy. It's weird. But, like, I didn't realize, like, you had to reprogram your mind. Because I'm used to, like, Halo Call of Duty. Yeah. Haluti, as we say. Not, like, team-based, teamwork shooters. No, definitely not. I was more used to lone uh, wolf's kind of situations. Mm -hmm. And Overwatch had such a good... Like, the team composition was the game. Yeah. But then Battleborn just never kind of hit that same sort of, like, meta for me. Like, mm-hmm. there, was just, there was no cohesion. It had too many characters because it was going after that League of Legends yeah. kind of riff where it was like, hey, here's, like, fucking 50 of these assholes, you know? It like, had a really large, um, like, roster, but it didn't always, like, mean well for me. Like, I would pick a character and, like, I feel mm-hmm. like that 30 minutes I spent with it was almost ineffective. Yeah. Like, because you had to commit with that character that whole campaign. The thing about, uh, w- with some with some exceptions, when you pick up a character in Overwatch, there's such a kind of ease of use transitional mm. that occurs that just did not happen for me when I played Battleborn. Yeah. And more than that, the art style was just kind of jarring. Yeah, and I don't think that game functioned well for me personally as a first-person shooter, because there's so much going on. Right, with the system uh, between... Um, <laughs> How you did your fucking uh, class trees, or mm-hmm. I guess like your upgrade trees on the fly, was way too convoluted to have like in a uh, fast-paced action shooter that you're trying to create. It was just like it didn't fit well on console. Whereas maybe that's like a conceit that works better in those kind of like League of Legend, Dota 2 s games. Yeah, it's just like it's not. It doesn't feel good. And there doesn't feel like there's a vast difference to what's happening with my character. Like, I'm still doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. I just never... Mm, you didn't like clicked. it, too, because it was, like, too in-your-face in the way that, like, Borderlands was. Where it was loud and obnoxious just for the Ooh. sake of doing it. Yeah, and Borderlands gets a pass because a lot of it is, like, genuinely clever. Like, good writing. I, Battleborn was a little bit rougher on that, where I never, like... I never fell for any of the characters. I never fell for any of the situations. Yeah. I never was, like, really that engaged with the game but apparently they have that sort of interplay between characters that you find in overwatch and like the the waiting lobbies or the voice lines you hear exchange like characters with history and battleborn will do that but it just takes longer to get them because you have to unlock them and other stuff there's like there's way more work that you need to do than is actually worth it apparently it's, it's, but i remember a surprise i remember buying it though when it was like eight bucks i got it um on sale and then i ended up trading it back in so i never really got a chance <laughs> to even play it how much did you get back on eight bucks um i put it towards my switch so i think i turned it around for 15 jesus christ <laughs> <That was good. laughs> um, thank you gearbox but you ha- save the day had they come back with it and done like free to play like i probably would have jumped on board but i guess they're taking the servers down completely yeah that's so. true so there's uh no, 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 no. By the way, it never went free to play. It was... Well, they were talking about no, it. No, 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 no. It was an extended trial. Oh. Uh, That's what they were calling it. That it was like this this trial version of Battleborn. That's interesting. That would swap out characters every week of, of the ones that you can play from. Like the free ones. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> you know who does that, though, still? What's that? Overwatch does that still. Where they do free weekends. That's and, true. And that they, works they out well. They still do trial bases. Well, you know. But that game's a bit more accessible. The barrier of entry is a bit lower. Like. Okay, so that's where uh, I want to wrap the bow on this, because, like, you know, I think there's been a lot of Battleborn trashing, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're late We're late to the stomp party. Like, we just look like the douchebags. Like, ah, yeah, you're a nerd. And they're like, oh, yeah, ease up, ease up. His, his nose is bleeding. Right? Yeah. We made our point. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, I'm sorry. Or the guys that clap late. No, the fuck guys that. that clap I don't believe in that sentiment, because we've been fucking shitting on Pitchford for... Pitchford. Pitchford for a year or so now 
Like we've we've had some words about Battleborn. This isn't the first time we've talked about it. No, it really is. So we're not us. we're not late to the topic. Whatever. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> let's wrap the bow on this. I want to ask you: Is this the legacy of Battleborn? In that we just kind of all agree, Overwatch killed it. That it was a wrong place, wrong time mm-hmm. sort of situation for that game. I think so. I think, like, positioning in terms of, like, a, a monthly calendar goes a long way with game. Like, look at the way EA kind of shot itself in the foot last year with Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2. Okay, so, so like, pitting itself against itself. So, like, knowing when a game is coming out, like, I don't know, maybe it was Blizzard's idea to launch it around the same time. Maybe it was just coincidence. Who knows? Because they're both in development and structured for so long. But. So do you think that as a product by itself, mm-hmm. if Overwatch... If the, if the hella disruption that Overwatch was last year didn't occur like let's take that out of the picture would battleborn have any fucking legs to stand on as itself or would it be the same song uh, that we're we're fucking playing right now which is oh yeah it didn't really didn't really catch yeah it didn't really catch and now it's like the biggest video game meme i've seen uh since (laughs) no man's sky yeah but i don't know i think people tend to compare no matter like you no know, matter what they do, movies come out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Books they're like they're going to make comparisons. So if it stood on its own, I think Battleborn had enough style and mm-hmm. intrigue about it. But like if you don't like the way it plays, like that was my first thing. I'm like, cool, I like the style and I think it's intriguing. But like I don't like how it plays, and that's what pushed me away from okay. it. Okay, like I would have still given it a try if the beta felt right, but it didn't feel right. I think that's my argument too. That yeah. like I just Battleborn wasn't it wasn't gonna happen yeah i'm sorry and even for that concept for them being like i i salute gearbox Mm -hmm. for being experimental with it i feel like if you wanted a safer bet i know it sucks to say and i know it's like one of those things where like i'm sure somebody's gonna groan about this Mm -hmm. i was like if you it should have just been a borderlands spinoff yeah if you wanted to mitigate some of that loss because it sounds like they did lose on battleborn uh not like maybe by a lot but it's still it, it was a blow to this studio I think they had lost a lot leading up to that anyway, so yeah. maybe this was them trying to recover um, on what made you know Gearbox a signature brand, mm-hmm. um, and it just didn't work, because MOBAs are a very distinct flavor, and you have to do it a certain way, you know? I don't play League, but I imagine if I did, I would prefer that style, because it seems like that's like the, the bar for what you should put out a game like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a Battleborn, man. Hey, it is what it is. Use baby shoes, never worn. <laughs> um, what else happened as of late? Um, a bit. A bit has happened. Uh, the, I guess, SNES, the SNES Mini came out. The SNES Mini came out. Uh, apparently it was highly accessible. You can get it at Fred Meyer's. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. It wasn't <laughs> as bad as people uh, thought. It's still bad. Yeah. But they did make... Uh, Nintendo went out of their way to, to say that they're going to continue a run of these things. Mm-hmm. Past the holiday, okay, is what I've read. Yeah, which is smart. Thank you for finally actually living up to consumer demands and wants. Yeah, how about that? Isn't that a weird fucking expectation? <laughs> and it's weird because now I kind of actually want one. If I see yeah. it successful, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can try and get one. I'm I'm really interested in Star Fox too. Yeah, same. Um, like I imagine that. Imagine just like you know, like hey, this is a, a fucking series that you love. If I went up to you and I was just like, hey, there's a Zelda game that we've never played, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, what? Yeah, it just didn't come out. It's done. Or mostly done. Yeah. It was just like, but nah, dog. Made it. Nah, this 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 one shouldn't come out right now. Is basically what Nintendo said about Star Fox Two. Hmm. Uh, it was such a weird. Yeah, but I wonder if it's good. I haven't read anything about how good it is. I haven't either. I haven't heard like a fe- uh, like full review of the SNES Classic. Much like you know when the NES Classic came out, like people were like, oh yeah, this is what the games are like. This is how they play in comparison to how they used to. Do they hold up? Do they not? Um, but I'd be interested to read something like that. Here, the chord's still too short. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. That's a bummer. Oh well. What can you do? Hmm. Nothing really. Or you could just get a big, a big SNES. <laughs> big old bigger SNES. Hey, what's stopping that? Like, I get the the kind of like the the kitsch factor to mm-hmm. the small ones, but like. If Nintendo really wanted to, couldn't they just re-release the fucking SNES? They could. Like, here you go. Yeah, I get, well, the whole cartridge issue is kind of a big thing. Because, well, like, that's not as readily available. They're no. not going to make new cartridges. Ooh, that's the thing I forgot. And as I see with the Switch, like, it's apparently more expensive to make cartridges and put them out. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So. Well, fucking SD cartridges. Mm. Uh, they're re-releasing Street Fighter 2 like as a cartridge for SNES and like this super like fucking this red cartridge. Ooh. I forget what oh I forget which company is doing it. I can I can look that up, but uh it's going to be like $100, but it comes like in its uh like special box art. Hang on, let me see. That's cool. So this is a SNES separate from the classic? No, like it it is a just the cartridge. Uh, as if it were an SNES game and it'll work on your original Super I like that we're going out of the way to say SNES, but yeah. like we both already established the we SNES. favor SNES. Yeah. <laughs> we had a whole upset about it. I feel like we're not representing correctly mm-hmm. right now. That's pretty okay. fucked of us, dude. Um, I mean, we said it could go either way. <laughs> so. Cart. Cartridge. Cart. I'm still looking this up, so okay. you're going to bear with me. Um, I am 8-bit okay. is the, the, the studio doing that. So that's that's going to come out. It's re-releasing. Um, I'm going to say something placed like boilerplate in the fall. In the fall 2017. So it's for the 30th anniversary. I'm reading The Verge right now because I... What if you ever read The Verge? I was just going to say, I've seen them do quite a few features. They're kind of a go-to for things. Yeah, so they say the cartridges cost $100 and are limited to a run of, woohoo, 5,500. Damn. Uh, 1,000 of those are glow-in-the-dark Blanca Green. That's cool. Fucking dope. That's like vinyl variants right there. And like, maybe you'll get one of those. Yeah, exactly. And the rest are opaque Ryu headband red. <laughs> I like that they specify. Opaque Ryu red headband. Hey, what kind of red do you want this to be? Uh, uh, like, nobody Ryu said red. Nobody said the maximum car- carnage cartridge red. <laughs> Fuck. Like, that would be my first thing, because that's what it is. Like, Ted, take a look. Yeah. Hey, listeners, take a look. This is great podcasting. We're doing great. Right I love it. Look at that fucking block in the background. I, got, I want this, but $100 for something I'm genuinely not going to, like, play? Probably not. Probably not. No, it's more for, like, the collector factor. All right. So, what? Else, more rundown. What else occurred? Uh, uh, didn't the Sony president step down? Yes, Andrew House. After twenty-seven years, he kind of he, he he tapped he tapped in. Interesting. He couldn't. He was uh, apparently he muttered on the way out. I can't take this shit anymore. <laughs> Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Shoe rides me every day. <laughs> uh, she no. was actually using his body as a host. And no, it I'm just sure it was a magical. Years. Like I'm, I'm sure. Like if any of you have like a question as to why, like why is he stepping down now, mm-hmm. like. Dude, it's been 27 fucking years. Yeah. Let the dude retire. Like, it's fine. Let him, let him go. It's not like 27 years. Like, that's been the height of Sony. He can't say he's just leaving when things are getting good. Like, they fucking have been good. They have been good. Like, four console generations, and that's not even the only hardware and technology they put out. So, that's uh, an admirable career. They, they put out um, uh, personal massagers. They do. That's what you have to call dildos in a mall. <laughs> <laughs> body massagers because you can't you can't outright the, say the only people who are giving uh, Hitachi a run for their money Hitachi yeah <laughs> high sense uh, I'm trying to see if there is like a, a legitimate reason 
this this one's from gamesindustry.biz. Uh, PlayStation CEO Andrew House is moving on after 27 years at the company. House joined the corporate communications team in 1990. That's the year of my birth, so it's a whole year. And held many key positions in both Sony and PlayStation before being appointed president and CEO in 2011. Uh, let me see. House will continue as chairman until the end of the year in order to ensure a smooth transition. That's cool. Uh, who do you think they should uh, replace him with? Andrew Goldfarb. Andrew Goldfarb, the <laughs> Dark Knight of News? Yep. Yeah. That's a jump. Yeah. But So that's Sony's mentality, always keeping Andrew in the house. <laughs> yeah, you got the people like him. He knows the, the community, he knows the hardware. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a valid point, I guess. <laughs> like, why not? I can't argue this. <laughs> you didn't I, see me coming at you with I that. don't know if they have the same kind of background. Yeah. Mr. House had some business background. Yeah, I think they do want a business Mr. type. Mr. Goldfarb just really likes Persona. I don't know if this is, like, a good transition. Because we're trying to ensure a smooth transition. Yeah, but here. he would get the eastern market and maybe transition it into a cleaner western market. I didn't think you would have an answer. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> when I asked the question, I didn't think you would have an answer. I've had so some time why. to sit on it. Oh, wow. That's... Hmm. <laughs> oh, another thing. Okay, so another thing I want to get into that's mm. been kind of like the talk. Uh, I know Jim Sterling definitely has done at least more than one video about this topic. But essentially, it, it, it's... Um, I guess the foundation is microtransactions, but the subcategory that's getting people's uh, dishes heated is uh, the actual loot boxes that we've been seeing so prevalent in video games yeah. in the last couple of years. Um, as much as I hate how Overwatch does loot boxes, oh, you loathe it. I think it's like pretty unobtrusive. And I think that's the example that if you're going to have to do it, because I understand that a fucking business is going to be a business then maybe that's the way you go about it. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, well, if you have to fucking uh, drown a puppy in, in the water, like, make sure it's, like, mm, room temperature water. Like, no, that's I, I still feel like loot boxes, as Jim Sterling put it, are poison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they, I think actually Waypoint called them poison. Interesting. And it, it poisons, like, the actual kind of like scope of what the art is trying to do like it, i don't i don't want to go as far as say it undoes the intent of the artist creating these games mm -hmm. but i think it definitely damages the experience so, I'll, I'll say it the way you said it in an unobtrusive way so unobtrusive. uh overwatch you know you play you level you get your experience boom you get a loot box at the end sure. arcade maybe you'll get extra ones for doing certain things but if you but, can't wait for that parameter or that system you can pay your real life yeah. money to get your loot box, but you go to a separate area for that. Like it's right. it's not narrative driven. It's not like laced in any way. My most recent recall to it is now Destiny Two, where if you go to Tess Everest, mm -hmm. like you'll get your Ingrams there, whether bright or legendary. But then there's that whole sub area where it feels like very narrative laden to be like, hmm, I could buy these from her because this is what she's known for. Right. Although they are still trying to go like mainly, you get cosmetic shit. From her in mm -hmm. Overwatch, it's the same thing, cosmetic shit. Yeah. So the the big issue, one game in particular, is Middle Earth: Shadow of War. You're okay. not getting cosmetic shit. You're actually no. getting like uh, orcs that help you. Like they join your cause essentially because you know how you can fucking flip an orc to your do your bidding. Yeah. The game is kind of like a mix of Arkham Asylum slash more, well more Arkham City slash Overlord. That fucking okay. uh, that one game from back in the day, 360, I think. I think so. I never played it. God damn you. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It, it was on the fringe kind of game anyway. There was three or four of them, evidently, before getting stuck. So so these are actual, like, they help you progress in the game, essentially. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a weird thing to have that 
locked behind a pay gate. Yeah, but, like you pay for advantageous things. But they still try to tell you, like, you know, you can play the game without having to deal with that shit. Mm-hmm. But the the bane of contention was that there's one mode in particular when you beat the game, kind of like a New Game Plus mode, where mm-hmm. it switches the nature of, like, the orc sieges. Okay. And it actually very much you need as many orcs on your side so you find yourself like kind of needing to buy these orcs or like the temptation becomes much more palpable okay and a, the, so the issue the is the immediacy of wanting to get through those areas exactly so the issue is there's people that are just gonna be like i'm gonna do it you know like you you fucking twist their arm yeah. and they're gonna relent i had that thought the other day where it's like i'm tired of grinding maybe i just want fucking exotics and cosmetic shit right. so i was like maybe i'll buy some fucking ingrams well she's not gonna give you those good good guns no no she doesn't give guns mm. that's the thing okay in destiny 2 no she doesn't give you guns okay well now i know not to waste my money on it or i don't think she gives you guns i'm pretty sure she doesn't give you guns i know that she can give you ships from time to time i've mm. definitely gotten that from her okay god maybe she does give you a gun let's look this up let's let's do a little like save well, room was wrong because i think you can either do that or bring her x amount of like bright dust or certain materials to like basically get upgrades and things of that nature what's her name everest tess everest um but uh, yeah i felt the temptation uh, the other day whereas before i never really have i think the first like my first intro to microtransactions um was dead space 3 where they like made you pay for like certain schematics and gun types, but I was like, I don't really need it because like everything available to you otherwise is in the game. I could still beat the game mm. without it. But like this, it's just like, well, do I want to put twenty more hours into grinding for exotics, or do I want to buy them? Yeah, yeah. that's that's. I mean, we'll fucking make a near automata uh, illusion here. Do I want to actually platinum that game and put the effort in, or do I want to buy a platinum? It kind of reminds me of the. So I'm looking up the tiers of like the the what there's like so it's in-game silver yeah that you're buying but there's like a conversion rate so 500 silver is 4.99 okay uh 1100 is 9.99 2300 is 19.99 and then 5800 is 49 99 real bucks okay um i'm just reading up this uh this polygon.com uh this is what the show has turned into me just like reading articles yeah. on there that's fair <laughs> stuff that Sorry, you get a everybody. chance to write no, we wanted to put an episode out, but like there wasn't like enough tangible news throughout no. the week to do. But I did want to like cover some of the shit that's been kind of going on. So this is from the Polygon.com article. It looks like players who are willing to spend the money can get a bit more out of the ever Eververse in Destiny Two. But whether or not that translates into significant performance boosts for the money remains to be seen. Is this like an article that happened before the game came out? Anyway, I don't want to get stuck on the Everest debate. Yeah. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, so that's the issue where I, a lot of people will tell you, or I've seen the argument online, just like, oh, well, just ignore it. You don't have to buy those. You don't have to do that. But I'm saying, like, there there are people, when you twist their arm, they will give in, and it wouldn't have happened otherwise if you didn't fucking throw this bullshit microtransaction mm-hmm. scheme into an otherwise perfectly fine game that, for the most part, you're already retailing for $60. Yeah. Like, you're, I've already paid my barrier of entry. Like, I, I get it, dude. Like, if you're going to offer content, give me, like, significant content as a, as in, like, you know, DLC or... Well, this is a, a publisher scheme as a whole because you're seeing things like that where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to try and get them in other ways outside of that base retail price. Like, okay, cool. Absolutely. Like, a business is going to be a business. microtransactions, uh, hmm, DLC that maybe, like, isn't even substantial, but we're going to twist our arm and make them get it anyway and make them think they need it. Like, all the shit with Final Fantasy XV, like, do we need those story things that they very clearly cut out? Uh, yeah, we could have used them, but if they don't want to put them in the game, then I guess we didn't really need them. Those story things? I wonder if those story... Like, Final Fantasy XV? Mm-hmm. I wonder if those story things even existed. 
like before people complained about how like haphazard and, and choppy uh what was it chapter 14 was like i wonder if they were just like oh fuck we gotta write new elements no, <laughs> I, like make it do you it, think it was like on it the cutting room floor? legitimately feels like it was there from the beginning oh, oh well that, that one with the one little instance with fucking gladio yeah, he comes out with a scar on his chest. Yeah. So like fucking, I Ig- hate it. Ignis that. goes blind and then goes missing for a little bit, and everybody's like, "What happened to Iggy?" Okay, I do want to like, like go out of the. This, this is outside of the loot box debate, but I do want to say that is so shitty. Yeah, that is so shitty. The withhold actual narrative elements to just sell your fucking DLC where yeah. it's like he goes on an adventure by himself to fight a clown. <laughs> like, what? Fuck this. Whereas before, like, they could do it, and it felt tasteful. Like, I don't know, Square Enix did that in fucking 2010 or 2006 with Final Fantasy XII. Like, it felt like it belonged there. I can't but get, now it feels like a money scheme. I can't get mad at them for making the attempt, because it's like, how do you know otherwise? Yeah. And it's so, like, I understand. Like, I'm just trying to, like, yeah, emphasize. Uh, like, on the other side, you may not know, man. Like, you're in a fucking bubble sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that you have social media kind of constantly like i know devs are watching like we understand that yeah at the same time it's still like there is this degree of separation i I would say a very high degree of separation between creator and consumer Mm -hmm. that maybe you just don't understand like oh fuck i wanted to give like a cool little story context thing or like a contextual kind of story to uh uh be a supplement to the main game but how I went about it was just ripped out this one fucking like narrative element, and but, I thought that would be cool. The like, thing is, I feel like not... smaller devs or indie devs wouldn't do it. It's a triple A game. You don't see mm-hmm. that in any other fucking like publishing or development sphere. <laughs> like I, you wouldn't see Thunder Lotus pulling shit off like that. Like okay, we're gonna leave off an entire boss area and relegate it to DLC. No, it just doesn't make sense. What if they did? <laughs> Looping back around. Looping uh, back around. Do you like loot boxes? They're okay. I mean, there's a temptation with it where I, before I was like, nah, fuck them, fuck them. But like, I don't know. And then the crunch of things when I don't want to actually put my like elbow to the grindstone because I'm doing other things, um, specifically Overwatch and their seasonal events, like Chinese New Year, um, one of their other ones. I ended up buying loot boxes because I wanted the skins and I felt like that I was grinding enough where I felt like I should have been rewarded, but it wasn't because it's randomized. Right. So at a point I was like, whatever, I'll increase my odds by five. I've never bought more than like $10 worth of things from, from Overwatch, but I've done it once or twice. Okay. Um, whatever. You take it a few hits. Yeah, but I'm not going to drop mad buku bucks on it. Okay. Um, especially if I don't need to. But uh, the Middle Earth argument, like maybe you do? <laughs> I don't ever want to buy orcs. <laughs> Is that not what you want to use your hard-earned money? <laughs> That's my stamp. <laughs> that now, blood if, orc money. If I play that I I played the first game. The first game didn't have anything like that. In fact, it had legitimate DLC mm-hmm. added to it. It had story content and then it had um where you can play as extra characters as well, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like you can play as other characters that were within the lore. Um and that was good. That's well, and that's fine. Uh in this game for it to have it like little kind of these micro chunks just kind of I, I don't know. Like, I, I I don't see myself spending, like, $3, $3, $3, $3. Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. I paid $60 to play this fucking game. Well, like, and it's not the only game I'm going to play this year. That's true. There's other games I have to buy and enjoy. 
Well, even look at, like, we're going to use the casual game approach for this, whereas those microtransactions might not speak to everybody, especially not them, because, like, maybe they're only going to play that game once. Kazoo. Kazoo gamer. Kazoo. You know, like, it's it's the devotees that might, like, buckle down right. and, and pay for more than their... No, you're going to get your whales, because that's that's mm-hmm. the, the paradigm in the mobile market. Yeah. Is a lot of these games are uh, catered uh, toward... The one percent of people that are, that are going to spend like ninety percent of the content that you release, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy, that these whales will just over and over and be like, "Fucking yeah, I need these, I need these gems, these these fuel gems. I ran out of tries See, today." That blows my mind more than the stuff in the console market, or market where people are actually buying shit for like yeah. their mobile games. Like what? Isn't that a crazy concept? Like you and me are just like, who would do that? It's yeah. like people are doing that. Where mobile gaming is like the biggest booming market right now happening uh-huh. around us, and we're just like not even paying attention to it. But, like, yeah, everywhere I go, like, I'll see my, my coworkers on their breaks. I'll see my family. Yeah. They're just fucking, like, tapping their screen. They're like, oh, shit, I ran out. Boom. Gonna buy this in-game credit. Boom. Gonna buy this. Right. It's, it's insane. They're engaging with this thing that I love in such a different and almost, like, perverse fashion yeah. that we, we don't, like, recognize or understand. But they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's available to them. And if it's something that works, it's gonna continue and it's gonna perpetuate. And it's, yeah. like, it's, it's just about how we react to it. Like, look, for instance, with EA... We reacted to the whole season pass dilemma, and they've kind of uh, course corrected a bit. I don't think I'm never going to give EA credit for having the right solution no. to every problem that they created themselves. Yeah. Fuck that shit. But they course yeah. When I first think about microtransaction, mm-hmm. it is EA. Well, yeah. Look at Titanfall One, uh, <laughs> Paygate. You couldn't get all this content unless you paid fucking fifty bucks for a season pass mm-hmm. or whatever goddamn stupid sales that they would have once in blue moon. Titanfall two, on the other hand, hey, all of these maps are going to be free because we understood in the first game that we kind of segmented our audience, mm-hmm. where it was between people that didn't get the maps versus who did, or maybe I only got this map pack so I can't play the other three modes or whatever the fuck because I don't have all of it. Yeah, and they're like, we don't want to do that, and I think they're taking kind of the same approach with uh, Battlefront two. Yeah, which I want to segue into that. Okay, but yeah, I think that's the final thing to say about loot boxes. How you react to it is how the industry is going to change or do or not change. Mm -hmm. If you are paying for these loot boxes, that means it works, and they're saying that hey, that's a green light. So keep that in mind. If it's something that you really don't like, then don't engage. I think they're going to keep trying, especially companies like EA, because they know they can get away with it. Even if only like two percent of like their consumer audience is buying into it, Mm -hmm. it's working for them. And I think that's a weird mentality. Because like, like to think you that, see, like, you I, see drop off in season yeah. passes where it's like, okay, um, I'll say this real quick. You look at the base game of Battlefront, but then you look at the installations that happen, like pack one, pack two, pack three, whole pack. You're gonna see less player engagement at a certain point, mm-hmm. but yet they're still like, well, there were still some, so that's true. We'll do it because the development costs are probably way lower than making a whole game from the bottom up. Oh, absolutely, 100%, 100%, 100%. Like, yeah. it's there. That's not, not, that's not even, like, an argument. Like, yeah. absolutely, if you could just use the same assets and just kind of, like, add, like, oh, hey, this this mech is blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's but not, not to take away from the, the work that goes into uh, rendering new worlds and new mm-hmm. ideas, because, like, there's yeah, still yeah. effort that goes in there, but it's easier than doing something ground up. I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to do what's most the most cost-efficient and what's working and what people are buying. Yeah. So they are... I think that's the funny, like, that the sentiment that you actually expressed earlier was like, hey, if they know they can get away with it, they will. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily quite that, even though it's easy to view these fucking corporate machines as just a greed monster mm-hmm. that is fueled by your blood cash. If I'm looking at EA, yes. Yes. Like, that's the sentiment. <laughs> but there are actual people making uh, decisions that they feel are going to... It's less about get away with mm-hmm. and survive. Yeah. You know, because they need the feed 
this giant I'm picturing a frog with no eyes, a metal frog with no eyes. That's EA, just like with just teeth, a chomping machine. Wow. Which is, I don't know why I went there, but that's what it that's is. That's very corporal America humanization right there. And the only thing oh. that feeds this this metal eyeless frog is uh, millions of dollars a year. So it needs <laughs> to get as many of those millions of dollars a year <laughs> to continue to, its mission to, to feed and be more and more. Okay. Um, so they're cognizant of how you react to their decisions. They really truly are. Like that I wish I wish we got a fucking no clip doc about that side of it. Yeah. Of of the video game system from like a publisher's uh I guess kind of viewpoint. That'd be like, cool. This is what we have to do to, to, in order to like survive and make our fucking investors happy and shit. And like even if I want it to totally be like just kind of like uh, just take a step back and be like not really cast uh, I guess any kind of judgment over mm-hmm. the fact that yeah we're just doing it for money absolutely but it would be a cool doc it would be I think I would like Noclip or uh, is it Andrew Reiner who does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with like development Reiner? no he the, the guy from Game Informer who am I thinking of the guy who he wrote does articles he wrote um, he's got this book coming out it's like oh Pixels, no, 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 no. Jason Schreier Jason Schreier Jason Schreier my mistake big yeah. name to, to fuck up on there we gotta but. get that book it's um what was that one called again Pixels Blood Sweat and Tears or something yeah you're right right something along the those Blood lines. Sweat and Pixels Blood Sweat and that's Pixels that's what it was yeah definitely need to pick up that book because it sounds really fucking fascinating yeah. um hey Star Wars Star Wars Battlefront 2 Daniel yeah the beta's up right now right beta's up cool it's a little weird you got your hands on it right I got my hands on it okay I, How do you feel um, about it? Well, you'll be happy to know uh, some of it takes place during your favorite arc mm. of the uh, films, which is the, prequels, the uh, prequel obviously. trilogy. Yeah, uh, your absolute favorite being Episode One. That's your favorite movie okay. of all time. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just saying That's what fair. everyone already knows. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you get to play as uh, Jar Jar Bink the whole time. Sorry, I let me see us on that. <laughs> Singular. That's the only character you actually play in the beta. Hmm. Funny, huh? Yeah. I feel like I'd be hearing more about that if that were the <laughs> <You> case. <laughs> it's not really like it's not like the first game where you're fucking like attacking like like rebels or, you know, stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. It's more you're just eating a bunch of apples. Okay. You're trying to get a bunch of apples away from uh, Qui-Gon before he grabs your tongue. That's the entire game. Okay. Yeah. Other players play as Qui-Gon. <laughs> so it's like a team of like 16 Qui-Gons it's 16 v1 it's, it's still 16 v16 yeah, it's a 16 sure. Qui-Gon 16, 16 Jar Binks versus 16 Qui-Gons trying to collect these apples that's like the worst sort of Clone War I've ever heard of uh, no it's cool the game looks beautiful um, it, it features some Force Awakens shit or at least like new trilogy shit uh, okay. which is really cool to see those Stormtrooper designs in there um, it, it's got Yeah Boega in, in the game currently okay. in the main game coming out um, it's fine it so what I liked about the first one is that it felt kind of like arcadey with some of its shooting mechanics yeah much much less so than a lot of the other battlefield games that have come out from EA mm-hmm. um, felt responsive it had it felt good to have your hands it was on very we snappy. gotta talk about it yeah but uh, part two feels a little different than that I don't know I've, I've gotta get more play time maybe it's just the guns that I'm using that maybe. I'm not digging because there were a lot of guns in the first game I did not dig on using. No, I kind of used the same scout rifle and pulse yeah. rifles. <laughs> yeah, I used that basic bitch E3 whatever, a 111 or whatever yeah. the fuck it was. Like, just a normal Stormtrooper movie thing. Yeah. That was my It worked. Range. It was effective. It got the job done at mid-range, mm-hmm. man. And sometimes long-range. But, eh, it looks cool. I don't know. Um, it's got a story mode coming out, and I think that's the deal breaker. Okay. I would hope it's as good as Titanfall 2 story, but it did... That did not make a difference for Titanfall 2. Yeah. 
I don't know. Are you excited about it? Because after, after, okay, my question is, are you still excited about having to engage in another multiplayer shooter when we already have Destiny 2 that just fucking came out? Uh, I feel like it's a time investment, so I really segment my multiplayer games like that, where it's like, okay, Battlefront 1 came out when I would have been playing a Call of Duty game. Put all my energy into that. Overwatch was segmented. That was the only online game playing. I think like when servers were down, I would jump back and forth between that and Battlefront because I had the season pass. So stuff was coming out along the way. But I had some drop off towards the end. Like I never played the Rogue One Scarif DLC. Um, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, the setting was really cool, but like it was, it was still you know just maps. So yeah, I didn't really get into that. But I feel like when Battlefront Two comes out, especially in conjunction with uh, the Last Jedi, I think I'm gonna really be into it. Because when the first one came out, I had this like Star Wars fervor resurgence where it's like I forgot how much I love the series. So it yeah, played actually, into that. I remember that that fucking stupid uh, title music theme was playing throughout the house yeah. like all day. Yeah, we we got really into it. It was around, great. Uh, so I'm totally gonna play. It. I think my main level of intrigue <laughs> is is not necessarily how the multiplayer is gonna go. It's how the solo stuff's gonna go, especially arcing arcing it over um, all the series, so the prequels to the main films to the the new age of stuff like how are they going to make that work narratively from what i understand um <clears throat> or is it just going to be in the multiplayer facets yeah okay i thought that's what it was i don't know i'm not i'm not sure i thought the story took place um uh after uh which one return of the jedi okay where the def the second death star blows up and it's like this team that's like oh fuck uh our emperor is like dead what do we do and like it it bridges the gap between it covers the 30 years between return of the jedi and the force awakens interesting they should have done that already but from the bad guy's point of view okay which is really interesting and i'm kind of down with that's so, cool yeah, yeah, yeah i mean i liked having my hands on the solo player <laughs> stuff and that like the little uh horde wave missions that you would do for like medallions which and the beta things. has they were cool but it's like i wanted something more from it um I, yeah, actually, I wanted a bit more. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that bit more is in the context of mm-hmm. Battlefront. Because it's, it's tough to say that I want... Alright, I'm going to say it, actually. I kind of want a Star Wars game that reminds me of Destiny. I kind of want it to have that okay. kind of like planet-hopping cohesion, but that multiplayer, or I would say more precisely, that kind of co-op feel, being hmm. within that universe and like forging your own kind of like that would be path cool. throughout the story. That would be really cool. Like, for this, it feels so traditional, like traditional shooter, which is, here's the story campaign, Mm -hmm. here's the multiplayer, we're going to add to the multiplayer, and if you're a good boy or girl, we may give you single-player DLC. (laughs) (laughs) If. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's, that's, see, that's why, like, I'm less excited about that idea. Like, I'm just kind of like, hmm. It feels like going back to, like, the old way of... Right, I'm just, just, just kind of like, I'm playing Destiny 2 and like getting really fucking engaged in that game right now, and then that's kind of going to ride me through hopefully the rest of the year as far as yeah. my shooter needs go. That would be cool. Like, I, I think a game like that that's always online, that's always connected to a server you get different experiences out of um, than ones that are segmented, because it's, like, it's always online, so whatever you're doing, like whether you're doing single-player stuff, like there's still an online hub to where you're interacting with other players, and I feel like the world of Star Wars is so large that that would be cool to like play around in. But I don't I'm think saying. I don't think they're gonna do it yet. No, they're not. They need to backpedal and maybe give a more classic Battlefront experience to people yeah. that they already wanted um, because they need to sell that brand and make that work. If if they did a crazy online Destiny type thing, I don't know if it would work for people the same way because that's not what they like from Battlefront. There might be some truth in that, too. Yeah. There might be some truth. Um, but I'm excited for it regardless. I think I'm going to get it. I'm not going to jump so fast on the season pass like I did last time. But What? You mean the one that you bought like day one? 
I bought it like within the first month for 50, sure. 50, I decided I really wanted it. Fifty smackaroos. But I've I've made dumber decisions. Like I bought the Assassin's Creed Syndicate season pass, and I barely chewed any of that. <laughs> uh, but it was cool. It was interesting. Um, so cool. So, I got I got to get on the beta at some point. Um, I've seen the same two areas between what you played and then what we watched the Polygon boys do. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So. That's true. Uh, yeah, we uh, we can play some more of that. We can we can jam into that. Okay, we can get in. You know what I want to jam on though? Yeah, I want that news beat, bro. What news beat? You, I want to hear what you got for the news this week. Oh, you think I wrote news? I think you wrote some news. I, I almost had it in my head that we would just kind of like skip that. But no, here let's we go. It. Let's do it real quick. Here we go. I wrote two things. Okay. One of them was from last week when I thought we were going to record, and we did not. And I actually put down that it's uh, episode twenty nine. Okay, wrong. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yep. Made a bad call on that one. Oh, yeah, I forgot. This is kind of... Okay, so here we go. Hang on. Number one is annual of two. Okay. Rockstar Games saddled up another trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. Said trailer revealed that the sequel is actually a prequel and follows a new outlaw by the name of Arthur Morgan. As a member of the Vanderlyn gang, Morgan blazes a trail of thievery, robbery, and assholery across the heart of America. IGN notes that leaks from last year not only reveal that the game would be a prequel, but that it would be set in an old-timey version of New Bordeaux, the setting that was used, albeit in the 70s, for Mafia 3. It's not New Bordeaux. What did I say? New Bordeaux? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the same? Uh, you gotta New, think French. New Bordeaux? The X creates like that, a real flux. You thing. like that dough, though, huh? I do like that dough. Okay, New Bordeaux. Well, go figure on that one. What? I, I, I know that 2K, like, fucking publishes Mafia 2. Or, I'm sorry, Mafia 3, or I guess every Mafia. So that's the connection we're making we're making between these games? I guess. Here's a, great, here's a greater question for you, Daniel. Does there need to be a connection between Mafia 3 and Red Dead Redemption 2? Is that something that you sought? No, no. I'd want that more from a house like Naughty Dog because I know they could pull it off. <laughs> I don't want it from these two separate things. What are you talking? You want to see fucking Nathan Drake's like corpse in The Last of Us too? Like, <laughs> right? Like a reference to it. What do you need to be? Uh, is that the same universe? Do you think? They've done re- references to each of their games and like all of their games essentially. Yeah. They have like you have the fucking Crash Bandicoot things. You come across the Last of Us two poster <clears throat> in Uncharted four. So what does that mean? Is Crash Bandicoot real in their universe? Or are they in the same universe as Crash Bandicoot? And that was some sort of weird portal. The PlayStation portal. That's a lot to unpack right there, buddy. Yeah. Now we're getting... I didn't even finish this this thing I got to read. Oh, by the way, the the trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 also shows swinging horse balls. So fans of Rockstar will be glad to know they're back on their bullshit. Red Dead Redemption 2, Red Redeemer, releases next spring on PS4 and Xbox One. Daniel, on a scale of one to horse balls, how excited are you for Red Dead Redemption 2, even redder? Uh, I am spurs to my own dick because I'm behind on the hmm? Red Dead game. Follow-up uh, question. Hang on. Follow-up question. Uh, how many hours have you put into Red Dead Redemption, the original? Maybe I watched you play it for like 30 minutes. Okay, so for a good 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on, right on. I have like the game of the year oh, undead oh, oh, version, oh. whatever it is, that has like the undead nightmare. We were talking, that was a good one. Yeah. We were talking about this, mm-hmm. where it's like, the older that we get, we just kind of relinquish to the, fa- the fact that we're not going to play every game, huh? No, I, like I'm so far removed from like 
having my hands on it, even though I own it, where it's like, if I played it closer to when it came out, if I didn't have so many games stacked already towards the end of the year, maybe I would. Like, do I, at this point, do I even backpedal and play it, or do I just play Red Dead 2, you know? You want to know something, dude? When I was a kid. But I've heard nothing but great things about that game. When I was a kid, when I, when I had a good old PS1, mm-hmm. and the actual, like, PS uh, O-N-E, yeah. the smaller boy, that little boy, that little sleek boy. The gray boy? The gray boy. Okay. They're both gray. Oh, you're right, you're right. One's a little less gray, one's a little, like, kind of lighter gray. Yeah. The little boy. Um, <laughs> do you like what I call a PlayStation a little boy? A <laughs> little boy. You got boys that make you... Dude, there's a lot of boys around. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a tangible thing for me to play every game that came out on that system. Really? I thought I could... I thought I was getting my way there. Yeah. That was me with the N64. Yeah. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. I thought I could, like... Although, to be fair... I thought the vast majority, or at least I thought the entire catalog of games for the N64 was housed in a single blockbuster. <laughs> I thought that they had every game that came out for the N64. And maybe that wasn't true. Maybe they actually had like 30% of all the Probably. games that came out for the N64. But that's what I was basing my catalog off of. Okay. So if I could rent every game from that like, blockbuster... Play your way through alphabetically every game. Right. <laughs> Well, I wasn't alphabetical. It was more like, hey, what cover stood out to me that week? Yeah, it was a cover-based guy, too. And then you would fuck up and kind of like rent the same game two weeks in a row. Like, I, I kept on renting Zelda. Okay. Yeah, Ocarina. I never Ocarina did time. that. You never rented games from Blockbuster? I never rented the same game twice not knowing it was the same game. No, I knew it was the same game. Okay. You thought I didn't know what I was renting? That, that's what I thought I you just You thought I just closed my fucking eyes and go like, Mr. Blockbuster, yeah. just give me what, what whatever, you're, whatever you fancy this <laughs> That's week. what you just said. But um, Okay. Okay, so yeah. There, that's strange. I think when we were younger, there was more of a tangibility, but as we get older and like as we have less time, it's just like, we're going to play what's new. We're going to play what's current. Yeah. Like, if I have time to play something older, I will, but it's, it's just harder to get to. Like I remember in the PS2 days, I felt weird stepping out of what was current and playing... Um, God, Super Mario RPG, uh, Seven Stars, whatever it's called. Um, I was like, well, I, it, I don't have time Did to go back. Did you say Seven Sorrows? Seven Stars. I forget what it's actually called. The Super Mario RPG, Seven Sorrows. <laughs> seven Sorrows, the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> um, but it felt weird to go back, but it's like, back then I had the time to, and now it's just like, no, I don't. I, I'm still backpedaling on PS4 games. Like, I need to play uh neo more i need to play near automata i gotta play fucking persona yeah there's a shitload of games like, you you dodge do year. i have time to play all of those and play red dead before red dead 2 comes out no i don't no you but, don't but i am interested i think it's gonna be cool you know um, what you could do you could just play red dead 2 if you want it yeah i don't even think that's a game you'd get right away you don't think so no no i'd wait i would probably get it right away you would see 30 minutes and be like yeah maybe yeah and, and i'd then, get it within the week and then something else comes out and you're like eh, i didn't really get the red <laughs> well there are games now that i can project that i know i'm gonna get when they come out okay like destiny 2 we were talking about it like a like months prior and I'm like yeah we're both gonna get it and when it came out like there was no second thought like yeah i gotta get this so it's not our jobs to play video games and that's like despite the fact that we do this show yeah and despite the fact that we have like i guess a more than basic it, basic's the wrong word but more more than just a surface level interest in the gaming industry mm-hmm. as much as that we would go out of our way to read articles based on it and whatnot and want to hear interviews and stuff yeah we have more of an in-depth knowledge than most right. people we still have normal person jobs we do and we don't have that much fucking time so i've, I've been like making those kind of like choices especially in this year where it's been fucking like good game after good game just slapping us in the face since yeah. like early in the year too if you remember like fucking resident evil capped we, off well like the first six the months year. was so heavy for sure yeah yeah the first like three four months were especially 
but inundated. but even in over the summer i felt like okay it's going to be less uh relenting i'm going to have fucking time to actually backpedal through my backlogs and it's like no i didn't like games are still coming out in the summer mm-hmm. it was a lot of indie gems and, like other That's things true. here and there but like I didn't have time even then. But if we were getting paid to do this, like, if this was, like, our main gig, yeah. hell yeah, I would take the time to play a Red Dead 1. I'd fucking stream it and make a whole thing of it. We're still at hoppy. Yeah, we're still at hoppy level, though. Yeah. So, That's true. So uh, we have to make these, these value assessments where it's just like, I'm probably not going to play that game. Yeah. Looks cool. I ain't got the time for that shit. Sorry. Okay. Well, let me ask you, as a fan of, like, yeah. the series and all that shit, like, you... And you play a lot of Rockstar games as well. Um, are you excited for this to be positioned as like a prequel to? Um, I'm okay with it being whatever the fuck it wants to be. Okay. Because um, you know it'll make they'll make it work. I think it'll make it work because like so the character and story of John Marston from mm-hmm. the original Red Dead Redemption was so like complete and unto itself. Like I'm totally okay with like you know do your own thing, okay. be, fuck around with whatever setting. Uh, because they kind of they kind of put themselves in like a little corner because um, Red Dead Redemption actually takes place at the very tail end of the uh, what's supposed to be the Wild West era uh, oh. before you know industrialization and all that shit took over and like these places stopped being rural fucking like you know tumbleweed towns mm-hmm. <clears throat> essentially. So, so to put this one in like the thick and maybe the most raw part of the Wild West would be a more interesting setting. Yeah, if it's like That's a cool. prequel, it doesn't seem like it's that many years no. um, set apart though. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I want to see what the new character is. If he's a fucking, he seems like he's a fucking asshole from the trailers. Yeah, uh, Marston had more of that Clint Eastwood feel to him, where it's like, yeah, I can get behind this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he he just wants to fucking settle. He wants to be with his family, you know. Like okay. he. He's that old gun backed into a bad position kind of situation. But Doing this, it just because it's his life and he's done it for so long, not yeah. because he actually wants to. This other <laughs> dude is like, hey, he seems to actively be robbing and be into yeah. his lifestyle. So that's Living the, up the more glorious side of it. Yeah, that'd be interesting to pick up with that kind of character. Okay, um, that's, that's more, cool. More of a criming crimester, if you know what I mean, by those words that I just said. So, in... A climate where there are a lot of open world games, especially Rockstar, they've been doing them for so long, and they did it with Red Dead 1. Do you think that they have anything to learn from themselves, or is there anything new you'd want to see them do with an open world type game? What kind of... <laughs> I'm just curious. What kind of fucking heavy-ass question is that? Yeah, I just had it in my mind. You're just like, so what? what is the implications of the... Uh... <laughs> kind of the the, the the composition of this uh the, this piece that, that's just coming after <laughs> we listened to a destiny 2 dissertation today so that's where my mind's at like thinking of like the were. really analytical shit gotcha so do you want to see anything new in terms of like an open world game from them or do you think like they could just do what they I, I think the, work? the biggest uh impetus on rockstar right now is that so gta 5 has had such a long tail is because of its online component and uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 had that kind of online, like, or it was like a baby step toward what GTA 5 eventually blossomed into, but it was still like rough and still kind of uh, very disparate. Okay. Um, I think if they could chill it into, essentially what I'm pitching is just do what the fuck you did for GTA 5 online for, for Red, Red Dead, Dead Redemption 2. 2. Hmm. And I think that's, that's going to be their biggest thing that they are probably going to address between the iterations of the game. They almost can't not do it. Like, they have to do it in this, like, modern-day gaming era where everything is online. As far as what I want to see, because, like, I don't necessarily give as much of a shit about that online component. Like, Mm -hmm. it's cool, it's fun, and it's good for goofs, much in the same way that that we've been goofing in Destiny. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more interested in just tell me a good fucking story. Mm -hmm. Like, I... 
give me a good open world game where like the the uh, tasks and shit are maybe interesting to do meaningful that was kind of the big thing about uh red dead redemption one like a lot of the side quests like had really cool kind of like vignettes Mm -hmm. you would meet interesting or fucked up characters Hmm. and go through like just very cool environmental and sometimes more uh uh, controlled narrative uh writing that was just really interesting that's cool yeah gee uh, i it didn't feel like just formulaic fetch quest after fetch quest with like the same mold. It actually felt unique. No, yeah, you, you're doing interesting. Like, yeah, you had your kind of like uh, repet—I wouldn't say repetitive, but there was repetitions of certain tasks, like mm-hmm. you taking over. I guess forts was like a, a big thing in the game as well. I remember okay. that you'd have to like have shootouts at forts and whatnot. Um, no, uh, Red Dead Redemption, I like, and I especially like over GTA, mm-hmm. is that it just told a really good story really owned its fucking setting mm-hmm. really like leaned hard into that wild west shit in such a good way that's cool and just told such a just a just took you in a good fucking adventure and then in the dlc you kill bigfoot right i've heard about that <laughs> you just kill bigfoot you, you hunt down bigfoots what more could I want from a game like that? Not too much Not more. Too much. <laughs> Actually, even in zombie mode, it was super interesting because it did zombies where it's like the only way to kill them was headshots. So was the zombie was mode cool. just like the entire story mode? It but had its own story zombified? campaign. That's crazy. It, it took place in the same area that the new, whatever, whatever the fuck they called New Mexico in, in Red Dead Redemption. Like, okay. I think it was New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> new Mexico too. New Mexico. <laughs> like whatever the fuck it was called. Okay. Um, it had its own story. Hmm. It had its own shit. It played out like a really dope B movie. That's cool. It was fucking fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And it had some, such weird shit where you're riding like the the horsemen. You can get the, the four horses of the apocalypse mm-hmm. as your own. And That's uh, dope. Pestilence was so fucking cool. Hmm. I think Death was the one that was just like a skeletal horse. Like, <laughs> hey, we're going to ride. We're going to ghost ride this with Fuck. the ghost. Ride we'll kill some zombies. It was good. It was good shit. Nice. Yeah, Red Dead was really, really good. That's why I was kind of sad you didn't like play it. But then again, it's also like, hey, Rockstar really wish they fucking remastered that game. Yeah. But we talked about it the other day. It's like, I feel like certain companies, Rockstar, Bioware, EA, they, they don't feel like it's worth it to remaster their games because it's like, why would you want to do that when you can have something brand new in its own weight class? Which is a great argument. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So. I, you know, I, there's instances where I'd like to see old games brought back, mm-hmm. and then there's instances where I'd like to see something new. Mm-hmm. Cater to both of my palettes. That's true. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? I'm still going to fight far, hard for a uh, Dead Space remaster trilogy. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. That fuck needs yeah. to happen. But EA, they're not they're not too known for remasters, unfortunately. No, they're not. Um, there was another thing I wanted to get into, sir. Did you write another thing? Oh, I did write another yeah, thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there was a number two. you got to edit a lot of this episode. No, it's good. It's fine. No, go Whatever. ahead and fucking just chop up everything where it's just confusing. Like, we're, Let's just skip to, like, and you kill Bigfoots. <laughs> like, you asked me, like, what do you want to see out of Red Dead 2? <laughs> kill more Bigfoots. <laughs> and that's the only, like... Skeletal guy. horse. Yeah, like, we're done. <laughs> we got we to podcast faster, dude. We're fucking... What are we? What time are we at? That's not right. Whatever. We, we have, we've been off the fucking horse for a month. Let's have a long one. What is with the horse thing? <laughs> Anyway, number two. In a nod to its original code name, every Xbox One X unit shipping out this fall has a tiny surprise hiding underneath the hood. 
Impressed on the circuit board of the most powerful console ever is a little Master Chief riding a Scorpion, a tiny tribute to both the Project Scorpio name and to the Spartan that built the Xbox Empire. As IGN points out, you'll need to wait until November 7th to see the little Chief for yourself, <laughs> so long as you're okay with voiding this shit out of your warranty cracking open the system shell. Oh my god. Yep, I saw it for myself. It would make a neat tattoo if I, A, really liked Master Chief, and B, really like scorpions that's neat i guess i guess so what would what would uh the ps4 pros version of that been the ps4 pros version yeah. uh fucking crash bandicoot smoking a big old blazon with uh shuhei with shuhei <laughs> even shuhei just getting fucking high as shit on the pro circuit board that's awesome for sure uh that i mean that's a cool little nod we can uh, do another one to xbox pitch me one um Pitch well, me, Ferd. That's all I had. Um, what else is really? representative of a Sony? Um, Laura Croft. Uh, that's not a Sony property. No, it isn't. A, it isn't a <laughs> okay. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Um, uh, uh, this is hard. It uh, is hard. Uh, fucking uh, a, a clicker. Okay. It's a clicker, right? Yeah. And he's eating a chili dog. <laughs> he's eating a chili dog. <laughs> that's some weird cross running right there, but sure. <laughs> or like that. a clicker going after like Sean Murray. jesus um that's all i got that's all you got my my on the spot improv is not always there today or fantastic Uh, um that's all i've got written cool i like that um i like you uh hey man i like you too well i wrote anything this week (laughs) i wrote nothing this week um just because I didn't, know, I didn't know when we were going to do it, and I like to write in that, the moment of relevance. Um, I'm glad that you got a recording of uh, your presentation to the court. Yeah. I just I needed to know, as a, the defendant and at times plaintiff, of what's going on. But I'll give you a quick drop on some releases for next week, since we're... Drop me like a probably baby. probably come out next week. Um, Shadow War comes out on October 10th. Bazinga. Bazinga. What is that? Tuesday? Uh, yep. Yeah. So cross platform, pretty cool. We've already talked about it a little bit. Um, if you remember, if you don't, uh, click the link and uh, we'll take you back to that segment. <laughs> right. I'll have a time jump for it. And yep. then I know you're gonna get this one because it comes out on <laughs> Friday the thirteenth. But uh, <gasps> Evil Within two. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to say Friday the thirteenth, the game. <laughs> right. It's getting a physical release on that. We talked yep. about that. So tomorrow. we're actually gonna talk about that instead of the release. I'm gonna pick because, that up. Yeah. I think that's finally gonna be the time we get into it. Please, yeah. can we do some fucking streamicles? For sure. I mean, we have to in the spirit of Halloween in October. We do. Um, we absolutely do. That's o- it. Otherwise, yeah, what are we doing with our time? <laughs> Using it unwisely. I've already actually intermittently been doing some, like, halloween theme gaming, so I feel good about it. Well, you've been playing that halloween theme. I picked up The Last of Us 2 for the first time in a few years. Excuse me, what? The Last of Us 2. Excuse me, what? <laughs> the Last of Us 2. Huh. I said what I said. I'll commit to it. The Last of Us Remastered. Oh. Yeah. I was confused. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought this was like an episode of like Sliders or some shit. <laughs> Fucking Jerry O'Connell comes out of nowhere. You slid into a universe that was two years ahead of us? That's the only difference? Wait, wait. So I want to know. Also people are lizards? <laughs> I want to know. That's when you think it's going to come out? Two years from now? Uh, yeah, on the record. <laughs> cool. Fucking Andrew House, he fucking like graffitied the release date on his way out of the Sony building. Nice. Yeah. He said fucking two years from now. <laughs> two years from now in uh, the mid-October of 2019. Yeah. Sweet. You think uh, the microphone can pick up the sound of me scratching my beard? Probably. Probably really well, huh? It's picked up some things I have not expected it to. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> 
We're gonna leave that open ended. Yeah. Just for the fun of it. So do you you said you had another thing, right? Yeah. Oh, I do have another thing. Yeah, tell me. A brand new car. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> no. Uh, the other thing is, I I want to bring up uh, our radical article of the, of the week. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, hang on. I gotta bring up the tweet. So uh, put some fucking like music of like I don't know. Some fucking chip tunes while I'm like I'm googling it. Okay, so we're gonna just talk over this. We live in an interesting moment <coughs> right now where there's a lot of immersion of white supremacists and racists and Nazis, and uh, it's becoming a weird norm where people just think it's okay to be that way. Or, or <laughs> apparently, it's not even like a. It's okay to hear them out. You yeah. really want us to hear out Nazis, huh? Like they, as if they have a like a valid and uh, substantial. <laughs> fucking perspective beyond like i don't like non-whites like what the fuck (laughs) right like this what 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 argument do you want me to hear from them i'm sorry no go ahead what (laughs) argument what else is there maybe neo-nazis because they're trying to do something different they're not like hitler nazis but even still like they're They're fucking nazis Nazis. what do you what do you did hitler have a litter (laughs) (laughs) i mean would hitler litter would they have existed without him neo-nazis would would they have existed no i mean just I, I think racism and uh, well, supremacists would yeah. exist without Hitler. But, Always. But Nazis themselves? No. No. It's a strange question. Well, I was making a distinction between Hitler Nazis, because you were coming at me with for his litter, and neo-Nazis. <laughs> They're different eras of Nazism. Oh, yeah, yeah, as far as the eras go, but when yeah. it comes down to it, fuck them. Fuck them all. That's they... pretty much where we're at. Yeah. So apparently the issue is, uh, it has come to the attention of uh, a segment of of the gaming audience that Wolfenstein, the new Colossus is about killing Nazis. Right. And according to some people, this is a political statement that Bethesda by proxy is suddenly making because they're publishing this game. Oh my God. Like they got fucking, it's unreal. Wasn't the first one about killing Nazis as well? You know, funny enough, Wolfenstein, a remake of a game called Wolfenstein from even earlier, from even earlier, (laughs) Uh, from a long series of titles of games called Wolfenstein, have always been about killing Nazis. Hmm, go figure. Which, if you were confused, is a pretty, like, okay stance for the majority of people to have. I think it's okay. Post-World War II. No matter what party you are, where you stand on any issues, it's cool. Yeah. To hate Nazis. To hate Nazis, that's, that's absolutely fine. So what was the problem, though? Is it the way they marketed it? So they leaned into the, the situation that was occurring. And I've, I've read some articles where they're just like, honestly, it's so weird to be in a political climate where like this is an issue. And suddenly right. like our game that was always about just killing Nazis is now a statement. It's suddenly a statement. Um, they leaned into it with some marketing mm. and uh, they have this little ad where it's like, you know, OK, so the basic premise is that. Uh, what if the Nazis had won World War II? What would America look like? Mm. And America's fucking run by the Germans, uh, the Nazis specifically. And uh, it is a place of subjugation and, and just... Interesting. You are uh, part of a rebellion group against this. Okay. Um, which, you know, awesome. Uh, and so that's concept. you got to liberate your America. And their advertising was like, make America Nazi-free again. <laughs> was his latest like little ad. And people were just, like, making it, like, a fucking a debate. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude, that's a pretty good stance. That's a pretty good bumper sticker. That is. Point. I'm about that. But, yeah, some of these people were coming at Bethesda, and, and some of the gaming community is like, 
uh, hard left liberals or wet blankets or Antifa. And it's just like... Oh, yeah, they, they call it like, oh, yeah, so Bethesda's a bunch of SJWs. I'm sorry, is it a social justice warrior issue to not want Nazis? Well, to be against Nazis? Number one, it should just be an everybody justice issue. Like It's an everybody justice <laughs> like, issue. Nobody, like, if you are if you live in America and you have any sense of history, the bloodied history between Europe and America and Nazism, like, you should just say no. Fuck it. Like, what's the debate? Yeah. That's a fun one. I don't I mean, I guess it is, we're having a lot of outspoken uh, rights, conservatives, and racists all around coming out and just speaking on behalf of it, because it's like, well, look at what the presidency is shaping. When things could happen in South Carolina where there are white supremacy rallies, and our own president can't even call it what it is, well, of course people are going to be how they are now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just don't understand why it's even a fucking debate, but apparently it's like, oh, hey. It's okay to be a Nazi. Well, we've got that outspoken hard right now, and yeah. it is what it is. But it shouldn't be. Fuck it. I'm stoked on Wolfenstein. I'm going to punch some Nazis. I'm going to fucking tell the world about it. Okay? It's coming out for the Switch, too. Hell yeah. I don't want to do it there, but... <laughs> yeah. I want to do it on the PS4 where everybody can see me killing Nazis, because... I love that so fucking... <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But maybe Doom, because I know they're putting the Doom out for the Switch as well. You want to play Doom on the Switch? I think it'd be cool. You think it'd be cool? Why not? So, play Doom on the go? Like, they have that cool arcade mm -hmm. mode. Why not? I want to play it on the Switch. Yeah. I do. I I'd be intrigued. I, or more, I want to try it on the Switch. Because mm -hmm. you, <laughs> you just try things on the Switch now. Like, it's hard to take a full measure. I haven't taken a there. full measure since... Um... <laughs> since Breath of the Wild. <laughs> since buying the system. Like... I have literally... It's the only game you own I have literally it. not bought another game for the Switch. <laughs> You could say I'm not maximizing my time with the Switch at that point. I say you're a little switched off. Um, uh, I also want to do an article shout-out. Okay. Radical yeah. article. Because that was a neat tweet, I think, that yeah. stemmed from. That was a neat tweet. Yeah. Let's get our categorization right. Yeah. Okay? Are you on the level with me? I think so. Okay. And we, we were also workshopping other <clears throat> ideas for a shout-out article of the week, because apparently that doesn't work for you. I said... The radical article? Radical article. Okay. If you have something better... I don't know. Fucking pitch it right at me, Randy Pitchford. Maybe go like old Constitution, like the Articles of Kevin and Daniel. Here's one. <laughs> Our fucking memoir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, radical article and memoir. Look, I never said it was going to be good. I was, I just came up with something. We're not doing good. No. Um. So this is an article by Kotaku. It is called. Uh. Actually, no, it's not called that. That's a fucking headline and tweet. Nope, here we go. It's an article from Cecilia D. Uh, help me out with this one. Anastasia? There you I go. Love her. She's great. In one. Uh, Satanists say video games help them practice their religion. It's actually a really interesting article. I, I wanted to put my eyes on it, but you told me not to. It's a really interesting article because, like, uh, some of the core tenets to it. I didn't tell you not to. Read it fucking right now. I was going to read it before we recorded. And you're like, no, don't. <laughs> no, no, I said, nah, you're good. Oh, no, nah, you're good. Okay. Suh, dude. Suh. <laughs> I would never tell you not not to do anything. Uh, so, games like Ark Survival Evolved uh, help them, like, kind of practice their core tenets, which is, like, to take pride in yourself and to, like, be all about ownership and, okay. and kind of 
upgrade your status in life and be really like there's this kind of attraction to aesthetics as well mm -hmm. and so how you present yourself how your hair is how your um how, how your clothes are how you talk is all like really taken into factor mm -hmm. so in games like this one dude was talking about in gta 5 he, he loves that one thing stood out he loves that your pants always fit <laughs> <laughs> so you don't <laughs> So you don't have, like, real-life issues that you run into as often. Okay. Where it's like, fuck, these pants are bad. Or, hey, I, I have pimples. Or I have, like, a weird look. Like, no, you can really control your ultimate Satanist persona in the middle of Grand Theft Auto. It's like a weird second life thing for these yeah. Satanists. <laughs> and it's fucking awesome, actually. It's so funny. Holy oh. shit. <clears throat> okay. What other notable moments are there? Let yeah. me see. So, I just want to uh, read out some of this shit. So, they talked about how D&D &D was kind of like already uh, attacked by the uh, the Christian right okay. back in the day. Because it was just like, hey, this is like warlocks and, and fantasy and wizardry. Fantasy and witchcraft. This yeah. is like definitely, this is definitely some occultism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and they got the kids on this shit. Like, God forbid a fucking kid with a mm -hmm. Tolkien book walk by a church. Yo, fuck, <laughs> fuck no. Uh, he would alight in flame. Uh, there, da 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 Okay, so like uh, in the instance of GTA, this is a quote. You get better cars, more money, you're more successful, you buy houses, <laughs> that's satanic. <laughs> <laughs> that I want on a bumper sticker. Yes. That's so good. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> okay, here, this is absolutely perfect. Uh, Rawl, which was one of the interviewees, okay. uh, pointed out three tenets of Satanism that thrive in games. It's indulgence, meritocracy, and, quotations, total environments, which is customizable spaces that the Church of Satan calls literal pleasure domes and places of amusement and delight. <laughs> Wow, Rawl. Oh, I'm going to keep on going. These can be anything from tiki bars to virtual reality porn to a floating base in Ark Survival Evolved. It's all about curating the best place for Satanists to become better and more powerful and to be able to delight in whatever is pleasurable. For Rawl, one of these ideal environments is the apparently satanic wonderland of sci-fi MMORPG EVE Online. Okay. Yeah. At least somebody's keeping that game alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, he talks about how pride-fueled scams in EVE are, like, encouraged. Uh, shit like that. Wow. Um, you can spy on people for factions to get, like, intel. Uh, you can relay it to allies in faction warfare and shit. Like, this is all Satanist shit. <laughs> what a weird gaming metaculture going on with these Satanists. Yeah, so they're able to practice their religion more thoroughly uh, within video games. Because, like, especially one of them pointed out, like, there's, like... Like, you have to understand that he says, like, there's a term they use, which is responsibility to the responsible. Mm -hmm. Like, you, Satanists aren't just like, you need to kill everybody around you. Like, no. That's the misconception. Like, it's okay to, like, take a look at these, uh, don't suppress these kind of compulsions, but do not give, give in to compulsory behavior. Mm -hmm. And so video games allow you an outlet for some of this behavior that they may not necessarily view as, like the christian would find to be immoral or yeah. outrageous for them it's just like no that's a facet of what we believe yeah that we can actually practice to its extent within the realm of a video game without suffering consequence which could happen in real that's life true. you know give into your rage fucking hit somebody in the face a cop is coming that's that kind of shit that mm. you know they're talking about it's a really interesting article actually that's cool i mean i've 
always read into Satanism and come away thinking that, like, okay, it is a very positive, self-affirming religion, whereas, like, parts of Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, like, they relay back to a greater being that you give yourself unto, whereas these are like, no, it's, like, indulgent, like, work on your own image, improve, um, and I always like that arc of it, but, like, you always have, like, the extremists who think, like, Satanists are, like, uh, fucking walking around with goat heads and doing mm-hmm. rituals, and, like, yeah, you have instances of that, but, like, it's an instance of, like, an image getting the greater whole of what the, the community is about. It's not about that. It doesn't help that pop culture kind of uh, propagates Like, metal bands and pop culture. And shit yeah. like that. Yeah, where it's um, just, like, these are a bunch of fuckbots. Like, but I get it. Like, that's the same, like, flip of the coin where it's, like, do you really need, like, a whole, like, religious basis to be, like, hey, I'm going to be fucking prideful and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Just live normally or right. whatnot. It's, like, do you need that? Like, there's still... You're essentially still atheists. Yeah, essentially. You know, like, you don't have to be fucking like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm part of the Church of Satan. Like, you, some of it feels like you're trying to make a statement. You know what I'm saying? Well, I feel like there's more of a deity tied to that than atheism. Um, maybe it's like agnosticism a yeah. little bit more, but... Hey, but... I, don't, I gotta know, though, how many uh, deaths historically have occurred in the name of uh, Beezlebrox or Satan in comparison to Christ? <laughs> Where'd you get Beezlebrox It's from? just one of his names. <laughs> his <laughs> I got name? it from Diablo, man. Don't worry about it. Are you sure? Yeah. I've heard of Beezlebub. Beezlebub? Beezlebub. Okay, that might be... Beezlebrox. Hold on, Beezlebrox. That's a good one. Am I thinking of something else? Are you thinking... What something about... Something from Douglas Adams? Are you thinking... <laughs> Okay. Or maybe the TV show Doug. So Beezlebub, Beezlebub, let's see, Beezle... Beezlebub? Beezlebub, yeah. Bezelbub? Okay, Beeblebrox? Bezelbub. Uh, actually, yeah, I got that wrong. I am thinking of Zaphod Beeblebrox, uh, the two-headed guy from Hitchhiker's Guide. Are you fucking <laughs> <laughs> He is the image of the one true Satan. He's... I just got the name wrong. I knew. Are you I... trying to say that <laughs> Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell is, is the face of the Morning Star? <laughs> the Morning Star, there are two faces. Oh, oh, that's real good. <laughs> that's good. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I want to talk about Destiny. <laughs> you two have been dying to talk about Here Destiny. Here we go. Oh my god. Blasting the fuck off as a fire team. Uh. Hey, man. Welcome to Fire Team Fucks, our new segment <laughs> on the Safe Room Show. Where we talk about all things Destiny and Fire Teams and Fox. Um, my name's uh, Kevin, and your name is Danny Ozone. <laughs> Danny Ozone, here we are. Please tell them about our clan. Um, our clan, uh, which Kevin really has no prior history and knowledge of. <laughs> no. But uh, I was sucked into your clan. You brainwashed me, much like a Satanist would. Yeah. This is Clan with <laughs> yeah. a C. We want to make a distinction in this climate. Good. Clan with a C. Um, we are the Soul Skaters. We're the Soul Skaters with a Z at the end. With a Z, S. because I guess S was taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dave came wait, 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 wait. Are huh? you saying there's another Soul Skaters with a proper S out Probably. there? Probably. We you take them down. Fucking kidding we me? need them for our raid. Yo, we could look them up, like in the app or whatnot. We should be doing this and find them and say, like, can we just merge? That's a smart idea. Can we just, just become merge? one soul skaters for one? Okay, so what is what is our uh, motto? Uh, we skate for fun. We're soul skaters. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I see it. Saying it out loud is stupid, but like the way that it's on this fucking like clan, and like, we have page, our banner next to it. It's got a fucking. <laughs> Somebody put real artistry into this banner and shit. It's got and a fucking phoenix on it. Literally, it says, we're soul skaters. We we skate for fun on this fucking UI that was designed <laughs> by somebody that went to fucking, like, grad school, probably. All for the love of a late 90s Disney reference. A fucking movie called Brink. Brink. With an exclamation point. Brink. 
I didn't know that. It's fact. great. It's so good. And I love that Dave knew us well enough to come up with this for me. Because we were like, oh, what should our clan name be? And he came at me like two days later. He's like, so I tried all these variations. Here's what I came up with. It was already done. It was oh all ready God. for me to join. He's like, we're soul skaters. And I'm like, holy shit, Dave. If I, if I didn't love you before, I, I have so much love for you now. I'm, I'm actually kind of disappointed, a little heartbroken that we're not team... Uh, X-Blades? No, 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 the other ones. Puffin Suds? Puffin Suds. So that was taken, too. He couldn't do that. Or it was too long. He couldn't like figure out the logistics. Oh, but so that's my thing. So whenever I have a team for like when I go bowling or like we have activities... Uh, say we're playing Scrabble, we're like, okay, what's our team name? And I'm always like, Team Puppin' Suds, because, like, I don't know, they were cool. They did it for the love of the skate, not like Val and his crew did for, like, money or status. Like, they just did it for the love <laughs> of putting their blade to the rail, to the the, the hills of California, they loved it. Um, all, right, all, right, all right, all right, let's get back to Destiny. Hang on. Okay. So, I want to get into, first of all, you didn't yeah. play Destiny 1. I did not. You jumped on Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. Have you had any problems getting into the ebb and flow of the nature of this game, where it's kind of like a kind of a soft pedaled MMO, but not necessarily? It's still kind of closed circuited because it's not as like sprawling. Yeah, but it's like you know, see that there's the grinding aspects. There's what the nature of your Engram drops, all mm-hmm. that shit. Did you have any problem getting into, it or is it still is it kind of like still to a newcomer? accessible is my question. There's an accessibility to it on a mechanical and a gameplay level, and because mm-hmm. I played. MMO type games and know what grinding is and how that works like that was all accessible to me I think my barrier of entry came with just destiny and the lore tied to it because there's so much going on correct uh, over the course of the two years that destiny one had to it like all those expansions all that went into it all the character types like i went in i was like i don't know who zavala is i don't know who fucking ikor is like i don't know these people (laughs) but like throughout the course of the campaign you quickly get sense of like what their deal is um what your purpose is on the farm like your relation to the traveler why people want it so like it gives it to you pretty steadily it assumes for the fans that you know what's going on but it also kind of helps new too and i like that so the 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 main campaign for destiny 2 is is way different than the first one because like it does these things where it's almost like the the leap between borderlands 1 to borderlands 2 where Mm -hmm. you had the primary uh cast of characters became these kind of mentor characters and they're really involved with everything that's going on you in fact you go to uh what was it sanctuary you do and interact with them in person where uh, in destiny one, you only ever went to the tower and they're always standing in the same place and you just kind of turn in a fucking coin or get a mission or get a stupid yep. gun. And Destiny 2 story actually has uh, Cade 6 and Ikora and whatever the third one is. Uh, Zavala. Zavala. All part of that, like, strike like, vanguard. In the story, like, you know, as, like, they're there. They're, they're, like, like, you have to re-recruit you. them, essentially. Yeah. Like you would in Borderlands You too. do missions for them. You do main story missions. It's really cool. Like, it's it gets you more involved with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with a lot of changes to how it was done. Because, like, any, like, kind of, like, backstory in the first game was relegated to these fucking... Grimori cards, or okay. Grimoire cards, whatever the fuck you call them, that was only available online or through the app, I think, hmm. rather than being in the game. So you would get a Grimori card while playing the game, and you couldn't look at it, you couldn't open it, you couldn't like read the contents of it within the actual game. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. That was the general. Like the fact consensus. that I can't hit like start or my touchpad and bring up like a sub menu where right. I can just read about it. So the the feeling that you're left with is that hey i'm in this what feels like a really rich universe in destiny one but i don't quite understand anything about it it like it's withholding and it it, it 
less so than like let's say Dark Souls the oh. comparison I'm making because like Dark Souls and Bloodborne are very much about environmental storytelling because mm-hmm. like the, the way the nature of the environment has it, just the whole details of the environment feels like it's just narrative written all over it yeah it is Destiny 1 kind of went for that vibe but you were just left with so many fucking gaps of knowledge that just were not filled or not there mm-hmm. I think part 2 does a better job of like giving you like here's a who why what where yeah. that you're doing you know especially by giving us a very solid villain mm-hmm. uh, in the main story what was his fucking name again uh, oh, oh the guy from the Red War he was like a cabal leader yeah, yeah, I yeah, forget yeah, his yeah. name oh well I guess I destroyed my argument about having a strong villain if I can't remember his fucking name I know I can remember his fucking ugly face Right. Um, I yeah, I, I like that because I remember hearing a lot of grief from people who played the first Destiny that like they didn't really know what they're doing with the villain or the antagonist, and they change it halfway through, and then the DLC changes it, where it's like, no, you know, you're fighting against the Cabal more or less the entire time. Yeah. But you come across like the other subtypes, like the Vex and the Taken. That's where I kind of got lost a little mm-hmm. bit. Like that's the part they don't really hold your hand with as much as like the main characters, where it's like I don't really know. They're just kind of there. Yeah. I didn't really know why the Vex or the Taken were there. Right. Right. Um, but they put them there somehow, like failsafe. Like was like, okay, these are taken. I'm like, why though? Why are they here on this planet? Yeah, that's. I noticed that too. Like you get like more context for them in the first game, especially like uh, for the for the um, what do they call the hive? Mm-hmm. The fucking basically, which are the the flood from Halo. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's what they are. <laughs> uh, you get some more context for them through the uh, Crota raid. Uh, what was the fucking name? The Taken King. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, that wasn't the Taken King. Fucking forget what the Crota raid was. Might have been Taken King. Who knows anymore? It's dead. Destiny 1's a ghost town. It's all about that Destiny 2. <laughs> Don't you fight the Taken King in uh, Destiny 2, though? No. No? No. Okay. That wasn't it. Okay, no, I thought I thought I had heard that from somebody, but I don't know. I'll fight you. But so we're having a lot of fun with it. We got it within like the first week. You took to it real hard. You got so many hours over me within yeah. that first 48 hours, and I, I was fucking yeah. astounded that you were already level 20. By the time I picked it up. But. Yeah, I, I had one good Saturday where I got to level 20. Uh, fuck, it's it's a good game. The shooting mechanics were always good in mm-hmm. Destiny. It was just kind of held back by a lot of just, I wouldn't say poor design decisions, but I would definitely say like... Baby's first steps. Baby's first steps. Baby's like, hey, we're just seeing, we're trying to see if this works. And when it doesn't, it's like, fuck, we got to adjust. We got to like move this. We gotta, yeah. What are you guys saying about this? What are we? What can we change about it? I think it? this is a good instance of Bungie listening to the community mm-hmm. and what they wanted from the first one or what their grievances were. Because like, uh, for yeah. the most part, I've heard nothing but great response from old-time fans. Right. With maybe a few problems here and there. But for the most part, people have generally been positive. Just, just little things like being able to select your next destination while still being uh, like on the world. Because mm-hmm. like before in the first game, it made you go back to that orbit menu every time before you could oh. select the next place that you go. That's to. more streamlined now. Really frustrating. Yeah, like that that sucked. So I'm I'm glad to see that they made so many changes to it. Um, I want to get more into so Destiny Two, much like Destiny One, has two phases. Mm-hmm. So Destiny Two on the offset especially with the, when you go through the story campaigns, like it's this kind of co-op, half open world, but not really kind of experience where you get into a lot of fights that you're more or less very equipped to get into. Like mm-hmm. by the time I like, you know, when I grinded out to level 20 and still hadn't beaten the story, when I went through those last missions, mm-hmm. I felt overpowered. Yeah, I felt overpowered as well. I feel like we blew through those last five missions like that. They were a joke. Yeah. And then there's the very much, that's the traditional Destiny experience. Mm. But then there's the other side to Destiny. That we've been like kicking around as of late. Which comes into the Nightfall Strike mm. 
and the raid. This is where you are fighting against mechanics. Mm-hmm. You're fighting against different ideas. Less so in the Nightfall, but the Nightfall that we just did together. Well, the Nightfall was a fucker rooster. They give you an interesting um, intro to that, at least, because the game sets up certain things in terms of factions or story-related things. Like, you have Shax's call to arms. You have uh, the Vanguard strikes. And that becomes more of like a story-based thing where like, Saval's like, I need you to have a Vanguard yourself. So you do these strikes, and they're kind of like light versions of the Nightfalls. Mm-hmm. They're manageable, but like they just feel like extended adventures. Whereas the Nightfall feels like a completely different beast, where it has like little things you need to do along the way outside of just killing room enemies or hallway shooting. You know. Mm-hmm. So the one we did this past week was what Savon Savathon song. Was it or Savathun song? Savathun song, which yeah. we found out Savathun is a identifies as a female. Okay. And is also a hanging lantern of beams of painful energy. It's just a floating fucking crystal of doom. Really, though? It's like a conch shell. Hell has no fury like it. No fury like it. So here's the difference with this one is that now uh, the difference between Nightfalls in the first game and Part 2. Part 2, Nightfalls are timed. Mm -hmm. And this one gives you, I think, from the offset, what, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, I think? Yeah, unlike last one, which had just a stock time of 20 minutes, and you had that full time to get right, through. Right, then last week, because it changes that every week. So this um, one, it, it starts, I think, 12 minutes, and along the way, you can increase your time by getting like little, uh, I guess, like data latices or matrices. You shoot them, you get 30 seconds on the, Well, they're called anomalies yeah. in this mode, where it, they, they look like the lattices, Yeah. and when you shoot them, you get 30 seconds on the clock, and they're always in the most fucking just cumbersome places in the levels. Like, they'll yeah. always be like, one behind you yep. hanging like on top of a building I, like you'll never turn around and look at it i remember our first runs we didn't even know what we were looking for and then i started yeah. finding them and i was like oh there's one and you're like what am i looking for and i'm like imagine something that was in a computer that shouldn't be out of it <laughs> and that's what it looked like just like weird digital mainframe work so we ended up doing so many runs our first two nights that we actually figured out where 90 percent of them yep. were to get like time increases and by the end i think we had like maybe total of like upwards of 28 minutes like that's how much we increased our clock so the Nightfalls enforce something that like reminds me of like kind of that older school design theory, which mm-hmm. is in older games, you timing and placement was everything. You had to rem- like memorize the actual layouts of levels and mm-hmm. the patterns that enemies were going to come yep. at you with. It's going to be the same every time. Because like the Nightfall is going to be the same. So in order to maximize your fucking time and actually beat that mission Mm -hmm. with enough time to kill the boss you literally have to memorize where all the fucking anomalies Mm -hmm. are and which enemies you can fight and which enemies you can skip and which enemies you have to absolutely kill to unlock a gateway and it was a lot of trial and error oh (laughs) so much trial and error and that's the nature of this other side of destiny where you're going to be doing the same thing maybe dozens of times over Mm -hmm. just to get precise at it and I love that it demands that. I love this challenge. This, this is the destiny that I fucking like, yeah. really took to. It's cool. And especially that you're doing it with other people and coordinating with them and trying to get it. Cause like, so what we did initially, because mm. we were trying to like do it with Dave. Yeah, we were trying to do it as our clan, as Soul Skaters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, that's our trio right all there. All three founding members of uh, Soul Skaters. And as, whenever we do a jump off, we're like, we skate for fun. But we got antsy. We started playing yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, ah, well, because Dave is East Coast, we were waiting for him to come mm-hmm. home after work. We were just like, hey, what if we do the guided games thing? Yeah. So the guided games literally lets you matchmake for a strike or a raid. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're so... The parameters are you can be a seeker. Mm -hmm. um, You will be, I guess, one person. And you can uh, (coughs) join up with a fire team of two. They have to be of the same fire team. 
Uh, with what is it a token or something a you have to use one of the tokens token? I forget. it's the guided games ticket um, so you can be a seeker or you can be a guide and with that that's what we were doing essentially mm -hmm. as a, a clan of two or more um, well because we more or less knew most of like the strike yeah but so we, we match make with two very competent players and then our our anxiety was whether or not we should get on the mic <laughs> well because it guilts you the entire time because like they makes you sign a bunch you makes you sign a, a destiny two contract that you have a minute to think <laughs> about fuck? where like, it's like you will act in accordance of respect and teamwork <laughs> and timing <laughs> like all this shit and yeah like, like you're you will respect the allotment of time your player has taken yeah you will teach five minutes you will guide <laughs> and i was like oh shit and like, it kept on saying it gave us like three messages like you need to be in the same chat yeah and then we relent we, we were literally the first like, time we relented we were just like let's get out of the party chat talk to this guy yeah. and he wasn't on he wasn't on but i feel like he was listening to us a little bit yes, and he knew was. what we were kind of doing and and we had a good flow with him he uh, he definitely did the strike before he knew yeah. what was going on pound so. town pound town pound town that was his name 720 <laughs> pound town wherever you are i hope you're yeah. pounding that town he was he was good um but then we're like, okay, we'll take a break. We sat back on it. And we're like, do we want to do that? Again? Yeah, because we didn't complete it with no. uh, with Pound Town. He didn't pound that town as quite well, as hard as I would like. But we did learn some things. We did, especially about what weapons work. Yeah, I started using rockets against the yeah. ogres to fuck them up. I and started using my scout rifle. I love over learning my these cannon. little things where it's like, what's gonna really work? like warp damage does a lot of good damage mm -hmm. against the uh, especially the that area. Yeah, the ogres and the shields. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you run into so many. God damn ogres on but that run. With him, we learned because he even was like running through rooms and like, okay, I guess we can skip this. There are mm -hmm. key enemies to rooms that like you have to get through to unlock like access points essentially. So right. if ever there's an ogre in a room, you know you have to kill it. You can't just skip it. And he taught us the ones that we couldn't cut it. Um, I liked it. The second guy we fucking nailed it with. The second guy, uh, we uh, we did not get into a chat with him we no. were the assholes on that one yeah we're like okay whatever we'll create our party chat again we'll get back into it and we'll say fuck it to whoever but this dude was like level 292 we're both sitting i'm at 281 you're at what 290 yeah. so he was pushing above us and he was doing a lot more damage but he was almost leading us at times i know <laughs> i know he knew some shit but then he was getting fucked up left and right yeah. had to save his little his little keister mm. we we did that work. I was surprised so, that he wanted to do the second run with us. So we did a first run. We got all the way to the end with, I think, seven minutes to spare on the final boss. That's just how brutal we took to it. Yeah. But uh, we ended up losing it because, like, you, you had the sphere that you had to bring to Savanthan to basically initiate the final stage and bring down her shield. I fell the first time I you tried fell, doing it. And you're like, you got to pick yeah. it up. You got to pick it up. I grabbed it. I fell. And then he died. And we basically got to the point where we could kill it within 30 seconds. And we were just off. But we had this Fucking unspoken hell. agreement where he stayed in our fire team. Instead of like leaving <laughs> yeah, matchmaking, he stayed. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, we'll do this one more he time. He didn't back out. He was just like, and I was <laughs> we like... We got that close. I was like, all right. He, he apparently has no problem communicating only through dance. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to run this shit. And we fucking did. We nailed it. Dave was so pissed up. Sprutalutes. Yeah, Spruce Salutes. That's that's that was his name. So I was getting texts from Dave the whole time, not knowing that our third was hurting for us, or even able to see who we were in a team with. <laughs> he was um, very upset. He's like, Nightfall, I'll be on, we're going to do this tonight. 15 to 20 minutes, cool, going to be on soon, we're going to get this. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> who's this Spruce fella? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh god, he's on us. But we were already too thick at that point to, to turn Oh away. shit. So, my problem with Nightfalls is... Um, 
I've already grinded so much in the base game. We've, we've done our blue missions. We've gotten our, our cool mission quest yep. items. We've done so many public events. I, I've taken the comp. I've had fun with it. But it's like, now that I've had this other side of Destiny, it's all I want. Like, I turn on yeah. Destiny, it's like, I don't want to fucking do a, I don't a scout. Do a, I don't want to do a patrol. <laughs> I don't want to do a patrol. That's fucking weak shit. I, I've done so many public events, I could fucking... Like, I don't want to do that. Close we know, my eyes. We know how to hit every heroic event from the public. Yeah, and fuck. it's just like, no, I want this... This hidden metal layer where it's like the game plus. I know. It feels so and, cool and, and different. And so even though Soul Skaters does not have a full uh, party of six. No, we only have on three. The raid, I did take you guys last night. To Leviathan. To kind of kind of investigate what you're in for. Yeah. And so we could only really get to the gated doors part mm-hmm. as a team of three. And even then we were having so much trouble just trying to do the normal thing and i kept on trying to like tell you guys like this is probably the easiest part of the race yeah you kept mentioning that this would be the easiest thing that you have to do yeah to the point where i mean to say like you're gonna get it like it's the back of your fucking hand Mm -hmm. like doing that part you're gonna be like oh yeah like us with the nightfall where it's like we knew exactly routinely exactly like that's how you get with every part of the raid Mm -hmm. like the raid demands that of you at every juncture so i want to kind of explain the raid the raid is uh i want to explain something real quick about you explaining this raid where I, I came in on you almost like a cuckold lover one night where I turn on my <laughs> PS4 and I see you in a fire team with five dudes I don't know, five PSN names I don't fucking recognize. And I'm like, this motherfucker's doing the raid. I was just out with my friends, man. You don't have to, you're, you're, you're an Amazon fans, but you went hard like three separate nights. I got no. jealous. I was like, he's playing no. Destiny for five hours at a time. And I didn't think that I was going to beat the raid with them. No. I just wanted... I thought you were. I, I... got nervous. No, <laughs> no I wanted to see what it was like i was in store for and i kind of wanted to learn at least uh some of the procedure mm-hmm. some of the process for some of the challenges because yeah. you come across like three major challenges and then the boss callus and i think by every week it changes which of the challenges you start first mm-hmm. and so what happens is it's split up between the um the gauntlet mm-hmm. the bathing house and then the dog the challenge? pleasure gardens i guess you can call it mm-hmm. but it's the dog town ta- the do- dog challenge um so the bathing house, I like. Once I actually like understood what they wanted you to do, like at first we were dying left and right, not mm-hmm. fucking knowing like what what do we how do we do this? But yeah. you end up with um so there's like six plates or I think it, maybe it's just four. I think it's just four plates, five technically because there's one in the middle. But mm-hmm. there's these plates that are in this kind of murky water, and when you get in the water, the the water actually hurts you. But there's this orb in the middle, and the orb shows up on the plates, too, at the beginning, but you can only initiate it once, or whatever the fuck. Uh, When you get this orb on you, you get this thing called psionic protection. So you have 48 seconds of protection against this murky hurt water. Mm -hmm. And you have to stand on these pads in order to lower these chains, which are pulling up these fucking lanterns in the middle of the area that you gotta fucking shoot. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is somebody always needs to be on a plate, but you need to constantly cycle out uh that that little psionic protection warp mm-hmm. so you have two runners that are like like relieving people run up get on the plate <laughs> and the other dude just fucking goes it's a conveyor belt of guardians that's crazy and a lot of the challenges are like this where you need to get your timing right and your patterns yeah. right so you're just kind of like you're all part of like cogs and machine it's a lot of communication and, and teamwork and workflow on that where it's like you if yeah. you stop communicating the mission almost falls apart right and then it, okay so this other one i like the gauntlet mm-hmm. but it's fucked and i remember like when we were 
were talking about it earlier, I yeah. was like setting like fucking visual aids. Yeah, like, and then you're like, let me just show you, and you ended up showing me a video of like, well, you might have been doing it simultaneously, yeah. but I was like, oh, that seems like a lot to figure out. Like, it is a lot. Like, it I couldn't imagine so being the first people to play the Leviathan raid and, and not know what was that happening. Out? Like, like oh, damn. the fact that it would take up, because I was asking, I was like, so how long is the raid? You're like, it could be anywhere from like six to nine hours. I'm like, well, what the fuck? So, like, the point of reference that a lot of people have is that they figured out vault of glass mm -hmm. that was their first learning experience with what destiny raids are and okay. so if you apply some of the mentality and some of the mechanics from that raid to uh leviathan is vault of glass from the first game it was it was the on disc uh first okay. raid part one yeah um it, if you apply some of those things because like the dogs is very similar to this other challenge mm -hmm. uh, where you had to sneak behind some enemies or they would like instantly wipe you or whatnot okay you just don't want to get caught the dogs are kind of like that but there's way more going on with the dogs i hate the dog part so much the the dog part you literally are in this little forest and there's these fucking i think five or six flowers that glow sometimes mm -hmm. and when that happens okay we gotta explain more so there's two people that are supposed to be on top of the gardens mm -hmm. jumping from platform to platform uh, they have big old light almonds in their hands. Okay. And when they step onto a platform of light, they can shoot a beam out of their fucking light almond. I've seen it. It's sick. And that can damage enemies that show up. There's going to be some ads, which, as we learned, mm -hmm. is the nomenclature <laughs> for any enemies that are pretty much non-essential that pop up yeah. and just fill the screen to, as fodder. I didn't know what you meant for the longest time. I, I was kept like, talking ads. about like a sort of enemy type, and you're like, we got ads, and I'm like... Okay, I'm looking at it, I was like, no, that's not an ad, that's like an acolyte. I learned okay. that with the raid party. Uh, they, really? they started saying ads, and I'm just like, I just put two and two together, like, so every time Killer. enemies pop out, yeah. they say, here comes ads. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. The Dutchman's yelling about ads. The fucking Dutchman. <laughs> I'll get into that shit. But, um, or I won't. We just played with a fucking Dutchman in one of the raid parties that I joined, and he was so mad and salty. By the time we got to the dog part, we did all the rest of the challenges, too, but he was... We were just not... It, it was just not clicking for mm. us. Because, like, he even kept on saying, like, it's 4 a.m., man, where I am. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, fuck. It's 4 a.m.? <laughs> it was, like, 8 o'clock for us. Yeah, and, but it was we, early. But, like, we were all in different time zones, and people were like, I'm so fucking tired. Oh. Like, you could tell, people were getting real snappy at each other in that party. Damn. That was a raid party gone wrong. Wow. For sure. The last, the first raid party I was with was real cool. The, the guy from work that mm. I uh, joined with. Yeah, they, they're all fresh, and you always have, like, one guide, kind of. Kind of like in the guided games, that mm -hmm. kind of explains what the fuck's going on and what to do. Which is really cool. Yeah, it's an interesting component. But the dogs thing, man, you gotta fucking shoot these goddamn flowers so that you get a damage stack. Mm -hmm. It goes by, like, increments of eight, I think. So if you have all... Or, no, it's increments of four. So if you have everyone there, mm -hmm. like, it, it just keeps on multiplying that way. And that's... When you get this damage stack, you can actually attack these patrolling dogs... Uh, but you you end up it's called the damage phase. So you okay. get in there as a sneaking phase. You're okay for a little while, but there is kind of an internal invisible clock clicking down on you. Mm -hmm. And when you're either caught or the dogs just get restless, literally they just get restless sometimes and like, oh, oh, and then they fucking run into the flowers. You have to do damage on them mm -hmm. for as long as possible. But then there's like this fucking safe room that you got to run your way back to, jump into, and make sure you're okay because everyone that's on the outside is going to fucking wipe if they don't get in there Damn. before it closes. So you have four cycles to do this. And the problem is the best procedure is to not kill any of the dogs before the fourth cycle. Try to get their health down, but the point is to kill them at once or else you're at risk of just wiping. If you don't kill a dog before the door closes or whatnot, you're all dead. Mm-hmm. Fucking <laughs> hell, dude. 
I couldn't imagine having to figure that one out on top of like, okay, cool, we can't kill them normally, we have to get these damage stacks, we have to get like the highest multiplier we can. No, you'll never be strong enough to, yeah. to, to kill any of the dogs without damage stacks. I mean, you can do damage on them, but yeah. you're not going to be able to, like, there's fucking like six dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Like, you got to kill them all. Oh, it's The so raid, bad. it's cool, it's segmented in this really interesting way, and there's a narrative component too, but it's like... It, you know how games, like, they introduce, like, little mechanics throughout the game that, like, help you understand, like, the final whatever confrontation or anything? I feel like the solo player stuff, like, the campaign stuff, doesn't prepare you for the shit that you see in no, the No, it's a huge leap like, between, like, gameplay types. Like, I would sure. say the Nightfall maybe bridges it a little to where it's like, okay, you might have to carry this, this orb from point A to point B to lower a shield. Right. But that's it. It doesn't teach you anything about like having to stand on platforms and do this or yeah. shooting symbols or it's right. Like, no, no, none of that shit. It, you know, it reminds me of a recent example: Pidios Dungeon. Okay, yeah, from Final Fantasy. Which just feels like a fish like that doesn't belong there, but it's there. It's like this. None of these gameplay like design ideas are representative of this product whatsoever. Yeah. but they're here. They're here. But I'm trying to tell you that's why there's two faces of Destiny because mm. that is very much a part of Destiny's like DNA. That's true. It's just that it is this high level of play kind of engagement mode. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like I'm Randy Pitchford writing this. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny Two is high level, all exclusive, repeatable <laughs> content makers. A dozen public event loot yeah. frenzy esports <laughs> destiny destiny co-op <laughs> like raid party Leroy Jenkins GOTY but like there I, I would say there is a, a barrier of entry with some of that because it's like okay as a casual player you're probably going to do the story and you might not even know to seek out some of the other stuff that's there because it's like even I like somebody who plays games pretty feverishly i didn't know that blue missions will give you guns that you can there and have to do other things with to upgrade them and then all this other stuff but like i wouldn't know to do half the shit in the raid but isn't that why destiny stands out from other shooters i think so. isn't that exactly why that we're not talking about fucking halo 5 guardians with this same kind of reverence mm -hmm. towards its uh it's unique design philosophy like the fact that Destiny plays or, or or plays out kind of like a fucking onion, mm -hmm. where it's just layer after layer. Yeah, you know, uh, you get there's this deeper fucking layer to Destiny where it's just like, yeah, surface level play is not going to get you here. No, you're going to have to actually pay attention to the light levels. You're going to have to pay attention to the gear. You're going to have to pay attention to these other kind of conceits and mechanics in order to unlock this this very special and almost kind of coveted mm -hmm. portion of this game that. You need to get very good to even see. Like, if you told me that Destiny 2 was the, the main campaign, I'd be like, cool, that was fun. I got an interesting sci-fi experience. Like, I got to play with friends and mm -hmm. see things I had never seen in an online shooter before. But it wouldn't be enough. But, like, now that you tell me that there's Nightfalls and Raids, like, no. Like, that's what keeps me coming back. Like, and super intriguing. Right. Like, give me more. Give me this crazy challenge. Like, there's, there's just... It kind of, uh, you know how people got wrapped up in that uh, Call of Duty zombies mode where mm -hmm. they kept on adding these kind of Easter eggs, but yep. then it just became at a certain point, that's their design philosophy where you can engage in the mode on a normal level where it's just like wave-based killing zombies, mm -hmm. or you can try to get these secrets and get this timing down and get this kind of more cooperative experience out of it to unlock this like, you know, different elements to the, to the, to the mode, yeah. you know, different guns or different actually beating the story, quote unquote, actually beating the mode is something that you can only get through like a kind of a high level of play. Raids remind me of that, you know? 
like they don't remind me of a tra- traditional like I guess World of Warcraft raid, which no. is just like everyone's gonna be everyone in here is gonna be very hard. Yeah, like it's <laughs> you know? it's more or less the same. You have dungeon crawls with raids, and you have to have like your best gear sets, and everybody yeah. plays a role. Um, there might be some crazy riddle or puzzle elements to them as well. But, there are generally, but, but like, you don't expect that from a fucking online shooter. Like no, like not I, at the, all. especially the types that I have played like in recent years, like Overwatch, um, Battlefront, The Division. Like this is maybe the closest thing to the the um, Destiny Two and the Division are like the closest two that I've. Played. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people said Division kind of harped on Destiny, which um, is fine because it's like it's this kind of emergent gameplay type yeah. that's a combination of other familiar types. Yep. Which is absolutely cool. Like I think, like other games need to play in this fucking genre. Mm-hmm. It's kinda... a cool underutilized genre for like yeah. shooters. Yeah, I think um, that's this. This generation gave us that 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 fucking hybrid, and I really yeah. enjoy it. This game gets me because a lot of it eludes me. Like mm-hmm. I, I like to think I'm very savvy with like gaming secrets and figuring out patterns, but like there are generally things in like Destiny that I just don't even understand. Like, and the fact that it's there like blows my mind. Like we were fucking around on the farm, and Dave's like, "Hey, I got the secret to show you." And I'm like, "What do you mean you have a secret to show me?" Like, <laughs> like I just don't. Ex- it's disarming because I don't expect Destiny to serve me these doses, but it does, and it's really cool and rewarding and different. Do you want to jump real high? <laughs> like, you better get good at the at the platforming. In like this he just game. comes at me with this platforming. I know where he's like, okay, we got to jump on this windmill. We got to jump on this fucking <laughs> roof. We got to go from here to here. And I'm like, what are we doing? How, how do you feel? Uh, Destiny Two does platforming. Does it do it well for a first person shooter? Because a lot of people have like this fucking bias against first person shooters doing any level of platforming. I think a good example being Borderlands Two handles it pretty clumsily. I think it gets away with some luxuries because it is a space shooter so you can mm-hmm. have different levels of play with gravity That's so true. some of the jumps like okay in borderlands i'm like this doesn't make sense like this is stupid this is, I, <laughs> I shouldn't be able to do this but like destiny it's like cool like i'm a fucking space like guardian yeah i should be doing these sort of things so i think it does platforming very well um and it, it gives a lot of liberties too um, yeah. except you can even customize your platforming abilities like with different character types like you can have different triple jumps or right. like oh I'm going for duration over height <clears throat> so it's it's cool it's very customizable there oh jeez um, so no I think it does it well um, especially because there are instances where you need tight platforming you know mm-hmm. like uh, last night with the nightfall like there was a sequence where we had to get that thing and tightly platform from segment to segment and That's only true. certain jumps could cover it where it got to a point where, like, you know, I would have a certain run of those anomalies that I would get mm-hmm. during one part because I memorized it. Like, yep. like fucking clockwork. God, that's... I love getting that down. Like, some yeah. people are kind of, like, intimidated by the challenge, but I love it when you get it. It feels so good. Yeah. Okay, so especially the gauntlet puzzle in the uh, within Leviathan, mm-hmm. where there's especially this one point where in order to help somebody who's running on the outskirts of the level trying to get through these kind of, like, circular like three levels of circles that he needs to run mm-hmm. through. On the outside, there's three corresponding triangles that two players need to shoot the other triangles when the player on the inside calls out. Like, like, for instance, if he says middle, the two players shoot top and down. Mm-hmm. And like that is such a mind-breaking thing. Like when you right. first... The first few attempts, it's like trying to fucking, you know... Like the trial. Like right there with there your left hand. That's what it feels must like. Must have been done. Or whatever corresponding hand that you... Your your main man, your main mm. Hanzo hand. So, like, but when you get it down, it's such a good feeling. Yeah. God damn, it's a rewarding fucking game. 
It's it really is. Uh, even in terms of like just doing basic stuff, like okay, cool, we're doing a public event to come together, like maybe as one, maybe as two people, but have a like whole group of guardians jump in out of nowhere, and you're mm-hmm. all coming together to fight this boss, and it's like, fuck yeah, we did it. Hell yeah, I got an awesome drop. Oh yeah, we got that loot box. Yeah, that's like the there's thing a too. level of reward with everything you do. It's so generous too with mm-hmm. like its its reward drops because like once you get to a certain level, you're guaranteed to almost always get like purples. Yeah, and uh. You even I'm surprised when I get exotic sometimes out of just doing menial shit. Like, oh, we did a public event. I got a fucking exotic right. out of that? Like, I like it legitimately rewards you for putting the time into it. It does, but I you like have to that. put the time into it. Is the but thing. you got to put the time into it. Is the only and thing. you got to put the time into getting really like mechanical and precise with some of the higher level players. I'm middling right now where it's like, okay, I'm kind of done with like what mm-hmm. the base game has served me. I've done all my blue missions. I want to do Nightfalls and I want to do Raids, but like in order to get better for those, I have to go back and do more public events and grind and grind and grind. It's like, yeah. I don't want to do that. I kind of want to just tackle it on head on. Yeah, but there is reward because you're going to get those exotics. You're going to be more powerful and more equipped and you might even find things you didn't find before. Like I had thought I'd done all the blue ones and then Dave's like, have you done this one? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's cool it's a unique experience and i don't know the fact that we've put like 70 hours into it and i feel like there's still so much mystery behind it like it's crazy i like it a lot and i think they made a a very 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 good follow-up that just kind of addresses a lot yeah. of the issues that destiny one had it, it is such a it's such a cool response to it while keeping everything that really was attractive about Destiny mm-hmm. 1. Like, what what was appealing to, like, people this is like, hey, man, your gameplay's yeah. fucking tight. Your world's really interesting. Uh, just expand on that shit. Yeah. Please, please, please. It please, didn't please. lose its identity, but more, like, reinforced it. And yes. made a stronger case That's the thing. I, I like that it's not a total about-face from mm-hmm. the first game at all. No, it's very similar. But it's, like, the devil's in the details for what they've actually changed. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's the little things that go a long fucking way to make that game much more playable. Mm-hmm. It is so playable. It's super so playable. Especially as somebody who doesn't play, like, uh, raid-type games like that. Like, yeah. even, like, learning how to, like, mm. customize armor sets and figuring out all that. Like, they make it super accessible for you. Yeah. And I like this that. This time around. Um, there are some, like, little intricacies with that that kind of get me where, like, some items are, like, consumable... And the shaders yeah. are kind of like, they don't always hand that to you, but you kind of figure it out. And I think that's the sort of community that's cool about Destiny, where it's like, the more you meet other players and talk about it, the more you learn about it. That's what I like about that game. It's an onion. It gets yeah. just, you keep on peeling, and it's a forever onion. And Just like you can get a Publix. You get, get a fucking onion that goes on forever. <laughs> forever. Keep on cutting, you're going to keep on crying. <laughs> Wait, can we say Publix out here? Do people know that? Oh, in Seattle? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Fred Meyer. Fred Meyer. <laughs> or fucking... No, go down to the fucking uh, farmer's market. Get you a real get fresh you, onion. Get you a real forever onion. Get you a Seattle onion. Um, other things I want to note about the game. Uh, character performances. Real great. Nathan Fillion kills it. So good. Um, the the Jorah Mormon uh, sound alike. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's awesome, too. Devram K. Devram. Yeah, Devram K. But it isn't the same guy, but he's good. Um, what do you mean it isn't the same guy? It's not the same actor. As what? As uh, fucking Mormon from Jorah Mormon? No, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, guy. it is. Too. No, Ian, it isn't. It's Ian Glenn. It is not. Are you kidding me? I'm not. Um, I looked it up. Devrin K. It's a different guy. Voice actor. It's a different guy. It's a totally different guy. Dude, that would be the fucking. Well, th- there was a whole thing that he. I guess like there was a lot of talk because he is a homosexual, and he is like one of the first homosexual characters in it in a big game like that and people were talking about it it's like well it's been done before why we were talking about this even like The Last of Us did it all these other games like that Um, but it was a big point because it's like oh yeah Devrim K has like a homosexual lover and that was like I guess a weird thing for people who? yep 
Who's his lover? Uh, he talks about it. Like, if you stand up in the tower with him for long enough, he does, like, a, an aside comment about somebody he's left be- behind. And oh, I think wait. in one of the logs you come across, there's more about it. There was a whole post about it on, like, Polygon or Kotaku. Like, they they did a whole thing. Kidding? Really? Yeah. Damn, that that's a radical article. Yeah. You could have brought to... What? No, you're right. So Gideon Emery is the guy that plays yep. him. Different guy altogether. Um, so that was a cool little thing to find he out. He is best known for his recurring role as villain Decalion in Teen Wolf. Maybe we should get down to some Teen Wolf, dude. Maybe. The fact that he sounds so similar to Ian Glenn, though, is crazy. That kills me that it's not Ian Glenn. Yeah, though. the whole time I was like, oh, that's the Khaleesi guy. Like, yeah, I'm, fucking, oh, I'm doing this for you, my Khaleesi. Oh, jeez. Um, but performances Why? are great. Visually, that game is, is pretty stunning. Um, the soundtrack is pretty killer. Yeah, I'd say it's it's pretty it's a pretty cute game. You think it's, it's cute? Pretty cute. Cute game. as a button. Looks pretty good. I uh, got to I got to say though, what do you got to say me? I love that this game and I didn't play it, but I love that this game gave me what I essentially wanted from Mass Effect Andromeda, like kind of an open mm-hmm. world uh, large player base online sci-fi shooter. Like this is kind of what I wanted from Mass Effect Andromeda. Like in a modern game of great storytelling and sci-fi games, like that's what I expected. There's some levels where I wish that's what we got out of an Aliens game. That that's true. Like remember some of the like you're you're driving on it where it's like, hey, some of this is like sci-fi horror. Yeah, there are little corridors you go through. Like you find these um, hidden areas called like lost sectors, and they feel eerie and creepy and like mm-hmm. like something from Doom or Dead Space even. Especially on Titan. Yeah, on the on the rig, because apparently we found out there's like a fucking sea creature out there. Yep like that you can sometimes run into or at least see the silhouette of and there's this whole theory about what the fuck he is is mm-hmm. he the actual leviathan that the ship is named for and yeah all that? like what the fuck yeah we watched the whole like the dude did what a 30 minute video on he it? did like a 12 minute video my name is biv <laughs> hello my name is biv, my name is biv. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why he did that but super super crazy informed yeah. uh really lore rich dude dude almost wrote his dissertation on that i love leviathan. that you can do that about this game yeah. like we found this really weird secret and we're going to try to piece it together with all the information that we have beset before us. Mm-hmm. Beset before us. My name is, my name is Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that's really, it's fucking cool, man. Yeah. The game is cool. It's good. I like it. I like that it. Bungie did it again. Yeah. Bungie came in and just fucked up the scene. <laughs> Thanks, Bunge. It made me forget about, uh, oh, what's your name? Overwatch? Overwatch? Who? Who? What? What are you looking Over at? What? That, oh, that's yesterday's news, man. I already traded in my copy. You've been trading that copy for the longest <laughs> time. I'm surprised you're still getting value on that thing. No, I want to get. I want to get back into Overwatch, but like I like you were, I wasn't really feeling the the latest season of it. No, season six comp is whatever. I don't like a lot of the character changes either. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't feel right and weird. And uh, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but they. Oh, and actually, we talked about them going to change Diva and Mercy, but we never actually talked about the post changes. And I don't really like how Mercy plays anymore. Nah, fuck. I feel like I play her now and I don't feel good with her anymore because I just I'm confusing the mechanics. I don't really know how to single res people. The Valkyrie is <laughs> kind of whatever for me. Um, and Diva, she plays less like a tank now. And I love her when she feels tanky and aggressive. And it's just like my defense matrix goes down almost instantaneously now. Fuck. But I guess the little trade off is like cool. You have these micro missiles. They actually can single kill people. It's pretty good. Um, but I don't know. Other than that, like, I just, I don't like the comp changes. I just kind of fell out of it. And I guess it was going to happen after like a year and a half, but I'll come back to it. I still think about it. Listen, man, we got the Halloween terror event coming up. Sure as the rain will fall. Some love just fails. Wow. That was a lot of dispute. 
Um, well, to, to quote with another post-hardcore, future love, don't fall apart. So the next game I come to, let's not let it end the same way. Who's that? Uh, Foxing. Okay, I got, a, I got another one. <laughs> okay. uh, understanding in a car crash. Okay, now you're just doing titles. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Wednesday, the band. Wednesday, the band. Um, so Destiny 2's been great. Um, I think we're both going to go for the Platinum. Um, we're trying this is a platinum not like very it, few trophies in this game oddly enough yeah there, i think there's like uh, south of 20 yeah it's really and all of them are silver or gold yep which is really cool so this is that's the sort of platinum that's going to reward people who I, actually i gotta kind of wonder about that choice and my my theory was that since they know that they're going to support this game like they did destiny one with so much like post-game content yeah. like you know dlc and expansions uh, maybe they're trying to save like a nice little pool of trophies for those because maybe. I I've heard that there's trophy restrictions. It's why like sometimes you see a lot of DLC come out and only have like four fucking trophies despite being pretty substantial yeah. content. Like that's like what the fuck you know. Yeah. So that could be it. But then again, I think uh, it's the wild west over there at Sony with fucking trophies and shit. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna limit it with a game like that, but then a game like uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider can have like upwards 800? of hundred trophies. I think they got away with a lot of it because like a lot of that was DLC added onto the game. But it was like, how do you even call it DLC if it never even released on this console to begin with? That's true. Like in piecemeal. Form. But I mean, in that that same sense of like, okay, well, they're gonna relegate it, and you have a certain percentage across DLC. It's like, well, Rise of the Tomb Raider defied that right there. So I don't really know trophy system mm -hmm. economics or why some games are the way they are but like <laughs> maybe they, maybe they just wanted to give them a challenge like okay we don't want to give you a fucking trophy for hitting level five level 10 we want you to actually like feel that you accomplished something hit here. level 20 like son. that i mean yeah that was an accomplishment because like i don't know some people had to play a week to hit that but like uh doing the raid doing a night fail on prestige fucking night doing fail. trials of the nine like doing that shit like yeah you get a sense of accomplishment after give them a trophy yeah, fucking, we gotta do uh, Nightfall and Prestige, because I don't think we're gonna do the raid on Prestige. Uh, probably not. But if we... Oh, fuck. How do we do the Nightfall and Prestige? I think we should just try it. Just like try it out. Just to, like, kind of scout it for a little while and mm -hmm. see how different it might be. I think the recommended level for that is 300. Oh, never So mind. we're gonna be punching above our class if we do it. Never mind. But I'm really jamming on it. I'm Same. pretty sure I'm gonna get, like, the expansions yeah i was gonna ask if you're gonna get it yeah okay because i i'm really I'm, I'm digging on this one as far as like my online shooter needs mm -hmm. they're being absolutely met by this game even when crucible like i know some people shit on crucible because it feels like uneven yeah and i get those complaints i still have fun with it yeah i went back to it when i was like level above level 200 and yep. i had the better guns and i was like cool now i feel equipped for it and i actually like i dig on the competitive mode a lot yeah like, right. and i like that i get rewarded for it with like in-game stuff that i can take to like my any part my of raids. The game. so it's cool it's yep. all interwoven in a really neat way but i like the comp i'm gonna say it even though there are only like two modes yeah well there's well and then there's, there's the variations quick play modes. in the modes yeah because um, yeah, yeah. you get like control and then you get uh the kill confirm kind of mode yeah, that's all for quick play though you don't have that's that, all quick play you don't have that on comp I thought I remember in competitive there being the uh, kill confirm mode, like at least one. But I could be wrong. No, there's survival where I think each round you start off with eight lives and you go yeah, until yeah, the yeah, team runs that. out. And then there's the one where you have to basically defuse a bomb or disarm a bomb. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, base. yeah. So those are the only two modes for combat. I wonder if that's the same for Knights of the Nine if it just takes the competitive modes and just makes you do that. Maybe. We, we don't need, really know much about that We need that one. one more friend. So actually, this, this podcast is a call to all, uh, yeah. all the safe roommates out there. We need one more buddy. So just email us a, a, a profile of your mm -hmm. face, um, pretty much your credit history, and your PSN uh, ID. And, and most importantly, 
Do you skate for fun? <laughs> Do you skate for fun? We actually need video evidence of, of you skating, skating for fun. and for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's you flipping like the worst ollie in your life. Like if I see you frown once while skating, I know that you You're do not, not truly skater. skate for fun. Like there are moments when we're out there like doing the shit and I lose sense of what being a soul skater is all about. I'm Sometimes. Like, no. During I, that nightfall, we were losing it. I, I felt a little bit like Val. I felt like very mm. corporate, like doing it for the wrong reasons. But like, no, it's for the passion. <laughs> we had to get back in there and have fun. I love that the game even like kind of justified our skaters notion with uh guns like annual skate <laughs> <laughs> it was a sign from the heavens it was a sign from john bungie who coded this game by himself <laughs> he just had 300 friends play it and they put him in the credits <laughs> fuck that's what happened so dope ass game uh i'm dope glad game. that i check it out it's a underground game it's underground pretty, super underground indie. super indie. uh team of 10 people made it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, good night. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, yeah. and it honestly, it's going to make it hard for me to pay attention to anything else in the last leg thinking. of the year. Like, okay, so I really enjoyed the Call of Duty beta for mm-hmm. World War II. I was like, wow, they're actually making some cool changes to this series, and it feels it actually feels different, and I like that we're going back in time, mm-hmm. but having like a more modern take on it. Yeah, I liked, I liked it. But now I'm just kind of like, fuck, I'm just going to play Destiny. Yeah. You already got my money, Activision. That's like, true. What, do you, what else do you need? Well, I need it somewhere else. Yeah, why do you, why do you need so much? Why, well, I'm sorry, does Activision publish EA? Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> do they publish Destiny? They might. I thought they did. I think it's Activision and Bungie. Yeah, it is Activision. Yeah. Sorry, okay. So Activision has this. They have Overwatch. Mm-hmm. They have Call of Duty. Yeah. They have the market on most of like the popular online shooters. Jesus Christ. They need PUBG next. All right, dog. Activision's fucking taking over. And they have Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Fuck. They've become too powerful. And they want microtransactions. From Holy us. shit. The son of a bitch overlords that they are. God damn it. We're all going to have Activision in the future. That's where they fucking just imprint advertisements of their games Stop. into our retinas. You fucking see Crash while you're taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing like, like, it's like a tiny Clash doing like fucking backflips and whatnot in your sink my god (laughs) (laughs) well with that terrible nightmare vision of the future right i think we can call this one uh i think uh, your uncle yeah uh hopefully we'll try and get you another one soon we're not going to put ourselves up to maybe the pressure of doing a weekly one because we obviously can't do that but if we can have like a bi-weekly cycle if we can get a bi-weekly man we can get this shit start we could be as big as uh chaps jack septic eye and fucking Markiplier. Yeah, and uh, that new guy who's doing yeah. family-oriented gaming. People are gonna be like, they're like the Markiplier of podcasts. Yeah, or like, he's he. They're like the fucking Andy Richter of podcasts. <laughs> the Andy Richter, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know, the side man, but the dependable man. We're there sometimes. Uh, if we're not, just assume we're playing Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're skating, there will be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we, we appreciate, appreciate you guys always. Jinx. You owe me a soda. <laughs> you, owe, you owe me a Destiny. <laughs> you owe me an Engram. Give me one of <laughs> you have one of my fucking uh, legendaries. <laughs> like I just make you play my account until you get a fucking Engram. Right, well, <laughs> good night, guys. <laughs> Is that how you really want to set it up? Yeah, well, good, good night, night guys. guys. Okay.